We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. What is going on, everybody? It is episode 336 of Pop Culture Crisis. My name is Brett, and I am here with my returning co-host. Would you introduce yourself, please? Hi, Crisis Actors. It's Mary. I am back from convalescence from uh, my illness. I'm finally well again, and I'm back. And today, we have a highly requested, highly sought-after guest on the show. Introduce yourself, sir. I'm sorry. I'm trying to contain the, the crisis actors. I was not ready for that. <laughs> I guess that's, you know, that means something ready. different to someone who is, like, missing 411 yeah. type content. <laughs> But here it's just, we're all the crisis actors. Yeah, I love that. Um, <laughs> I got to come up with a good name for my, my followers. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm Aiden Mattis. I am the host of The Lore Lodge, which is a YouTube channel that I started by accident. So, um, you know, it's, I talk about missing people. I talk about uh, folklore, history, religion, and uh, recently Bigfoot a lot for some reason. That's why we actually have a poll today. Oh, good God. Uh, yes, I have, I have a poll <laughs> up today. I asked, what is more elusive? I said, "Is what is more elusive, Bigfoot or an honest politician? So you can go in the live chat right now and vote who you think, what, what is a more elusive thing to find? Thoughts? I mean, having been in both the political world and <laughs> the, uh, the Bigfoot um, you know, world, I, I've seen a lot more evidence for Bigfoot than I have honest politicians. So, <laughs> that makes perfect sense. And I'm not even somebody who really believes in Bigfoot all that much. So okay. <laughs> tells you all you need to know. Which cryptids do you believe in? Uh, I, I have a... I take a stance that I think a lot of these folklore creatures, cryptids, if you want to call them that, um, all of that, I think a lot of it comes from probably something in our deep past that was there maybe other hominids maybe something that survived longer than we thought along those lines and that a lot of what we see as you know monsters and things in folk tales come from things that were real that maybe weren't exactly what we see them as today but something for example okay. like with technology today there's stuff we know today that 500 years ago would be magic i think it's a lot a lot along the same lines in most Do you cases think that dragons uh existed i am so so lost on dragons as a concept <laughs> um i that's one I've been people have been asking me to dive into and I've been meaning to. Um, I think that the idea that they might be the result of people finding dinosaur bones and not really getting what they were is mm -hmm. is possible. Uh, but you also see dragons um, in a lot of mythology from really all over the world. And it changes is, is the most interesting thing for me, because Chinese dragons, you know, these long, slender you know, they yeah. carry a pearl, things like that. They fly around the sky. And then if you look at the Welsh dragon on the flag, it's a very different kind of dragon. So it's, it's hard to say with those. I think it's in the same vein. It was probably there was an animal that we would recognize today as a dragon, so to speak, that over time morphed throughout folklore and folk tales and things like that. Okay. 
Okay. Uh, we're gonna get actually we're gonna get more into it because I want to talk to you for a little sure. bit about all your work and everything. Before we get started, guys, could you hit the like button on this video? Could you subscribe to this channel if you have not done so already? Especially if you're new. Also, if you're new, if you came to join us today <laughs> because you watch Laura Lodge, you'll see right down there that is called the crisis meter. And every time someone super chats, uh, the crisis meter goes up. And as it gets closer to $100, we get what is called a crisis party. So if you want to super chat, all of the donations go down there. Also remember, $20 and over, we will interrupt the conversation and we will read that super chat right on the air in the moment. And then the goal after that is to try and get back to your train of thought as quickly as possible, which we're getting better at doing as we go. So guys, just go ahead and follow this channel, like the video, leave a comment on it. We, we hope you uh, enjoy the show today. I wanna get more information uh, Aiden, about your sure. background. Sure. Yeah. Um, do you have specific questions, or you just want no, to go no, into just, it? Uh, I want because I want to ask uh, how you got into what you do. Because, like I said, I was talking earlier about how between shows like this and shows like what you do, they're kind of pocket spheres yeah. of so between social media and then YouTube and all of these entertainment platforms. It's very interesting to see how people come to be interested in what they tend to cover. And I don't know if it's really. See, he just got to see his first. Uh, <laughs> He, he just saw the first um, crisis, uh, first donation from uh, the money guns. I went, I'm I not wanna, ready. <laughs> I want to know what your background is and if it informed how you got into what you got into. Sure. I mean, I, off the bat, I'll say this. I was growing, I'm 25 years old, so I was growing up in that time period when, you know, uh, ghost adventures and taps and ghost hunters, paranormal state was my favorite. I ended up going to Penn State. Paranormal state was Penn State students. Um, so I was interested in all that stuff from a very young age. And then as I got into college, uh, it, it transitioned more over into researching history and folklore and religion, things like that. And then coming out of college, uh, right in 2020, I had a lot of time on my hands to... Because, that, see, that he, there it is again. I'll get You'll used be, to it eventually. You will, you will get used to it. <laughs> um, but yeah, so there's, uh, there was that already that interest, and I went to school, I got a degree in medieval studies, and I uh, then went on to, hast thou pity for the gourd, I uh, love no, that he they're just, here. He just, he just read it, he got it right there. Mary, do you, do you want to read it, to oh. reiterate? <laughs> uh, yeah, we got that from Obi-Wan. <laughs> Obi-Wan. I can explain that one if you guys want at some point. Um, but yeah. he say, uh, What did he say, Mary? Hast thou pity for the gourd? Do you want to explain it? What does this mean? Yeah, so uh, I do a show called The Weird Bible Podcast with Wendigoon, yeah. and that's The Weird Bible on YouTube if you want to follow it. Um, and that's a monthly podcast. But we were covering the story of Jonah and the whale. And in Jonah 4.9, there's a moment where Jonah's sitting up on a hill looking down at the city of Nineveh going... Why is it not being smote? I was I was expecting to see fire and death and destruction. These people are horrible. After he just went and you know they were basically yeah. like you know what you make good points we'll we'll be better. Uh, and God gives him a, a an ivy or a plant. It doesn't say specifically what it depends. Well, it depends on which translation you're using. But an ivy, a plant, something along those lines. And then he has it wilt because Jonah's sitting there for too long expecting something to happen. And Jonah gets really upset that he doesn't have any shade anymore. And God very matter-of-factly goes, doest thou well to feel pity for the gourd? And Jonah's like, yes, actually. In fact, I think I'll kill myself. <laughs> Which is just... We were sitting there reading it and we started going through all the different translations and it's like, is it right to be angry for the plant? <laughs> just these, these little things that for the Bible are really weird sentences. 
Um, Does the Bible inform a lot of your a lot of your work? Yes, definitely. Um, huge fan of Michael Heiser and sort of this idea oh, that the okay. the Bible. I know why yeah. Wesley <laughs> wanted to talk to you now because he loves Michael Heiser. Yeah, Heiser's great. Unfortunately, he just passed away a few weeks ago. Um, you know, so rest in peace mm -hmm. to him. He had he pancreatic did. cancer. But uh, yeah, Heiser has been huge for me because there's a, a a significant amount of the Bible that when you look into it is not. The simple Sunday school, you know, believe in Jesus, you go to heaven, don't believe in Jesus, you go to hell, do good things, or if you do bad things, the devil, like, there's a lot of stuff about, you know, spiritual warfare, and the time before the flood, and what angels do, what demons do, uh, the heavenly host, the stuff about how God divides the nations among the princes before yeah. any of this stuff happens, so there's a lot of stuff in there that is far more complex and far more interesting than a lot of people give the Bible credit for. And when you look at that stuff and how, you know, then you start looking at Phoenicians and their religion and the Mesopotamians and the Norse pantheon and the Greek and all that, you start to see a lot of parallels that it seems like basically everyone in that area of the world has similar stories to an extent. And I think that's fascinating as, as somebody who loves yeah. folklore and history and all of that. I love it. So then I actually have a question. How accurate do you think history is as opposed to what's been reported? Oh, boy. Uh <laughs> I think I will say also, this. Also, at this Wait, point, does it matter? Yes. I, I, okay. I put it on this I'm not asking for a percentage warning, uh, amount or anything like that, but maybe, yeah, a percentage amount, if you had to guess. Um, it's, it's so hard to say, because history in, in many ways, history is, is actually like science in that we are always learning more. We are always discovering new things, new topics, and... You start to you start to uncover things that might turn the clock back. For yeah. example, uh, one guy who's been getting a lot of flack recently. I just did a show with Mini Minuteman about this. Is uh, Graham Hancock, who's the guy behind Ancient Apocalypse, Fingerprints of the Gods. He's been on Joe Rogan like eight times. Um, I think he's got some very interesting points. At the same time, a lot of archaeologists are not really on board with it, and the reason is that there's there's a little tiny bit. There's a a few shreds of evidence that we might have been a bit more advanced before the end of the Ice Age than we thought, and that climate change destroyed that. Oh, no, there was an aggressive, <laughs> There was an aggressive amount of climate change uh, at the, the, the very beginning of what's called Meltwater Pulse 1B. Now, it's not, it's not like massive tidal waves. Like some, Sometimes Graham has said some things that imply that. Still, you'll, get used, yeah. you'll get used to it, I promise. But it is a like, pretty quick sea level rise, yeah. like several feet in a few years and then it starts to you know become more consistent over a longer period of time you know a, like a percentage of an inch every year so when you look at that all right well there's there's something to chase down that's the that's the beginning of the thread and you want to chase down where that goes we see a lot of the same we took it all we brought them to our land an endless night ember hot and icy cold the rage of the earth we made this curse, carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see, we could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga, Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Same thing, for example, until, uh, I don't remember exactly when Vinland, the Vinland site, Lanzo Meadows, was discovered. But prior to that, we thought Columbus was the first European to reach the Americas. And then we definitively proved, no, the Vikings got there 500 years earlier. So that's, that's why it's hard to say how much of history is true and real. Yeah. I guarantee you, 80% of historians are trying to tell you the truth. Okay. They're doing their best to tell you the truth. Okay. Then there's probably an extreme 
you know, in and it's not even like 10% on the right, 10% on the left. It's it's really kind of a circle like, of people who are trying to make to a point. Yeah, trying to manipulate history to make you feel a certain way, believe a certain thing, rather than give you the truth, which is what we try to do on our channel, on our shows, is what can we tell you that is as true as we can possibly get, as close to that as we can get, and then what questions do we still have left over? Okay, since you mentioned Heiser, I just want to ask, like, thoughts on the Nephilim. I don't know. I am... Go off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I personally am of the opinion that that, that, that passage, Genesis, uh, you know, the, basically Genesis 6, 1 through 5, I think, are about a, a mixed race of angels and human beings. I, there are a lot of people, including Heiser, who don't quite take that exact line. Uh, Heiser is also very much against uh, Zechariah Sitchin's beliefs that this, were, this was the, the Anunnaki and the planet Nibiru and all that. Um, for me, I think that what it's describing, the, the only other time in the Old Testament that the term sons of God is used, and I don't have my Bible in front of me, but basically what it says is uh, that the sons of God saw the daughters of men, that they were fair, and they made wives of them that all, of all that they chose. Well, the only other time in the Old Testament that sons of God is used is to talk about angels. In okay. that, that exact... From that, that exact translation. That exact okay. translation, yeah. So, you do get another time. So, for example, Nephilim, the term Nephilim, gets translated as giants. But then Goliath is also <laughs> called a giant. The Rephaim are also called giants. But if you look back what the Hebrew words are, they're all different words. So, why did the writers of the Septuagint decide to translate Nephilim as gigantes? Well, they contextually we're a hell of a lot closer to it than we are so if 70 this is the tradition if 70 hebrew scholars decided that what nephilim means is giant then we can in, in, infer that the jews believed that there were giants before the flood now does that necessarily mean that it's the half angel half human not really if you look at the book of enoch it does say that and we don't know exactly when enoch comes from but the earliest date we believe it was written down was around 300 bc and then of course the version we have today is an english translation of an ethiopic translation of a greek translation of hebrew so a lot get lo gets lost along the way this was probably oral tradition for a thousand several thousand years even so for me i think i think that given enoch's existence i think the half angel half human description of nephilim makes the most sense now, I am not at all saying that there is scientific evidence these things existed. I'm just saying theologically, <laughs> theologically, that is my opinion. But that's not everybody. But for me, you know, I think that was real. And and I, <laughs> you will get used to it. I yeah, promise. I know. I know. I, I think it's that was that a real it's thing. Pointing directly yes. at you and yeah. not us. Yeah, we, we, yeah. we kind of have it lucky. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. Sorry. But uh, to be clear, to be clear on one thing, Enoch is, in my opinion, not scripture. It is it's apocrypha. It is not scripture. I do want to ask, okay, I want to draw this back into pop culture because that's what this is. This is pop culture crisis. Mm -hmm. What do you think, given all of your interests, all the things that you follow, all the things you, uh, that you report on, talk about, what would be your favorite examples of these types of stories in popular culture, whether it's movies or television? Oh, and I wish that we had talked about the X Files. No, I have that. Today. I have that on my my yeah. Because uh, I I I went on about a twenty minute rant the other day about how <laughs> the the rebooting the X Files okay. is an absolutely terrible idea and it should be it should be just stopped right right now. But I want to ask you: Are there any movies, television shows, anything like that that seem to be uh, above and beyond for you? Specifically, the first five ep or five seasons of Supernatural. 
Okay. Oh, people in the chat are going to love that. The remaining the, the, 10 ep the remaining the remaining 10 seasons of Supernatural were entirely unnecessary. I watched all of them. <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to tell I'm going to tell you right now. Like I I'm, that's one of those shows for me. I've tried it three separate times. Every time I get like three episodes in because it's it's right up my alley. Mm -hmm. I was like they're they're on this trip across the country. They're stopping in all these small towns. It's very X-Files in it the is. beginning. It's, like it's like it's all small towns that are just basically Vancouver mm -hmm. parading as small towns in America. It's right up my alley, but I I just can't seem to, to to stick it out yeah it's it, it's one of those shows that i i think the reason i love it so much is that when i started watching it i was 12 years old and what we would do is on friday nights this was back when netflix still mailed you dvds so for the kids in the room 2011 or so um this was when netflix still made you dvds we would get the dvd each week we would go to my friend bryson's house sit down gather it's if about you, the ritual <laughs> yeah we would gather we'd have our pizza we'd have our popcorn our sodas and all that and all these middle schoolers would sit and we would watch a couple episodes of supernatural get ourselves thoroughly frightened of everything and then go outside <laughs> and play manhunt in the dark for three hours <laughs> um so for me supernatural early on was like a thing we did as friends and then as we got older got out into college and everything it was just a show that we were still keeping up with because it was something to connect us back to our childhoods it's so funny, for me it's nostalgic the x-files did that for a lot of people as well uh as yeah. the show went on it kind of continued on and as they got into college and things like that they would still make it part of their friday night routine and it's funny because i've been re-watching I, I started re-watching it again after this announcement came through that they're remaking the x-files and the jersey devil episode is right there in the in the first season and i figured that would be up your alley if, if we're talking cryptids and things yeah. like that because that's essentially is that supposed to be sasquatch in that episode basically it's a it's a large man that they can't really uh it's great but it's like i i was wondering that, also you that said is you the original version of sasquatch by the way that one it, yeah. is is the the idea of like larger than normal human beings who yeah. live out in their own tribes in the woods and the mountains separate from us yeah that was the original sasquatch the natives i love i love those early seasons of the x-files when they're mm. when they're in these small towns not yep. the not the not the overarching conspiracy episodes i love those in the beginning but as i got older i started to realize that it's the ones where they go to the small towns and all these things happen that's where you get the stuff that's actually fun yeah. to watch uh, also just you a little said vignette that, style yeah yeah and also you said that uh, national treasure is one, it's of, one of my favorite movies there you time. go. They, would you know that they they remade that, in the, or they've uh, they've done the the reboot? I have no idea what you're talking about. Exactly, ignore it. Pretend, pretend, <laughs> what are you? What are you? What kind of blasphemy is this? So uh, we got a bunch of stuff to talk about today, guys. We're going to talk about Guy Pierce. We're going to talk about his comments. He he made some very very controversial comments that weren't controversial at all uh, because they involved um, trans actors. So we will talk about that. Also, Mary, there is a twenty dollar one right there. Uh, from Christine. Christine Piombino. Oh, good God. <laughs> Hi, Mom. Bennett. Oh. Thank you for hosting Aiden. <laughs> there you go. Uh, nice. Uh, actually, Taylor, Taylor's dad was in the chat the other day when she was, uh, when, when she was on and when, when you were gone. Like, her dad was, like, in the live chat talking the whole time while Taylor was doing the show. Oh, that's cute. <laughs> uh, so we, we've got that. We're also going to talk about the fact that reality TV is essentially, I don't know if you'd call that the Antichrist, but it's, uh, it's 
bringing down America little by little. Every little day, a new show is announced that seems to be destroying this country. Uh, we're going to talk about yeah. Florence Pugh and the, degre uh, the degrading circumstances from which she had to make Midsummer, and we're going to tie that in to uh, Amelia Clark and stuff to do with Game of Thrones. We're also going to talk about this hilarious story, and I do, uh, as, a, as somebody who has a, a bunch of pictures over here of celebrities who are what I call tax heroes, <laughs> such as Wesley Snipes, we're going to talk about these OnlyFans models, these twin OnlyFans models who are being screwed over by Justin Trudeau and the Canadian oh, tax geez. system. Got right one there. from Korean George yep. said Supernatural's angel death effect was so cool with the wings burnt into the ground. Also, I've been a longtime viewer of Weird Bible Podcast and Aww. shout out to <laughs> Thank you, Korean also, George. <laughs> also remember that in Lucifer has Mark Pellegrino, who's a base libertarian. Oh, who's, I uh, love Pellegrino. He, he's he's fantastic. I would love to have him. There, there it is. Crisis party already. I'm, I got to get me one of these. Yes. <laughs> uh, you'll be able to you'll be able to see oh, it no. from the. <laughs> it's not as bad. Uh, okay. There, <laughs> That was pretty good. That was pretty good. I, yeah. I toned it down after the other day. I, I toned out the beginning. I made the, the beginning sound even louder. It was like an explosion. <laughs> my, my, my biggest joy here at this podcast is every week I change the Crisis Party sound effect. Mm -hmm. See that? I changed the crisis party sound effect so I can scare the crap out of everyone who has to come right. in here and be with it. It's one of those little joys in life yeah. that I have. So we're going to talk <laughs> about all that, guys. If you are ready, Mary, we'll get right well, into okay. it. Well, okay. <laughs> Wait. Before we actually like <laughs> talk about anything okay. seriously, I just needed to ask you one more question. Sure, go for because it. Because my younger brother is just really into the Mothman and okay. Point Pleasant and everything. And he's like been there. He's been to the museum. We have and a video has, on like, it. The merch and stuff. So like... I don't know what uh like what's your take on it what do you know about it sure so i mean first of all your brother we have a video on it on the lore lodge you should check it out um yeah goes through the whole story and all of the like reports and everything um but yeah for for me i i'm i'm willing to believe okay. I'm, I'm willing to believe uh now exactly what are we talking about here there was a uh derelict military ammunition storage facility nearby so one pot, one one theory is that the Mothman was either uh, a a like test flight suit of some sort that mm -hmm. they were testing in Point Pleasant. Um, another one is, of course, that it was just an owl. But uh, there's That's a big owl, though. It will be a big owl. Um, it's described as being you know six feet tall, a wingspan of six to seven feet, flying you know over people's cars and things. And then nobody sees it after the the bridge collapses, which on the one hand could be that they had more important things to worry about than the Mothman. Uh, on the other hand, you know, maybe it actually is some sort of angel of death, which is the one of my favorite theories for it, because there are sightings of black birds and the Mothman and dragons and things like this all over the world right before bad things happen. The one about Chernobyl appears to be a uh, hoax. There Apparently there are no actual recorded sightings of a mothman or a blackbird or something like that uh, around chernobyl right before the disaster happened but there are some credible reports of people seeing something flying around like in mexico city uh there was one um in point pleasant of course part of the problem with <laughs> part, part of the thing with mothman is that everyone refers to mothman specifically as the mothman and a lot of people yeah. don't look into the possibility of a broader topic it's not there. necessarily a moth yeah, that it's not necessarily just, you know, the Mothman is Point Pleasant and then everything else is something else. It could yeah. be that we're dealing with other okay. other things. Okay. I, I do like the flight suit idea, personally. I think that one's pretty cool if you're looking for a, a non-supernatural explanation because when you think about the timing and what was going on in the world, the U.S. government, the U.S. military was doing all sorts of wacky stuff. 
So I think that the idea that the Mothman may have been... They never stopped. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Uh, I think the idea that the Mothman may have been some sort of experimental flight suit technology is a cool one. But also for me, I'm looking at it like I would not be shocked at all if you're... In fact, I, I would be I would lean towards the fact that this is something that people are collectively seeing before tragedies and, you know, for, for reasons that we may not understand. But be a demon, demon, angel, um, you know, I, I think I, the fact that it appears before bad things happen as a warning would imply to me that it's not demonic. Though. Hmm. OK, lots to think about there. All right. Now, now that, we are permitted good? To, to actually get into our topics. You're good. Today. Yes. All right. All right, guys, we're going to get started. We got a bunch of little stories to cover first. The biggest one being that uh, Goop Justice, Gwyneth Paltrow, has won <laughs> her lawsuit. I, lo- I think they should make a documentary about this trial and call it Goop Justice. She wins $1 in her ski crash trial. And probably six figures to make up for her legal fees. <laughs> probably, That was yeah. not mentioned in most of these articles yeah um, and, and she, she also, will be charging him for her legal fees see even that seems like spiking the ball for somebody of her of her uh you know yeah. wealth, uh, of her wealth class given the fact he's a doctor too i suppose but this trial has been hilarious it really does feel like it's been some sort of fever dream comedy where like her lawyer is comically bad at talking like how does a girl how does a woman who's no, been no, it's, that- it's uh the the doctor's lawyer, who is the problem, she's, no, it's both of them. She's like starstruck at Gwyneth Paltrow <laughs> and trying to saying. like get lunch with her afterwards. Her, her um, like her <laughs> lawyer is comically bad at talking in any form of public speaking. His his lawyer is uh, is obsessed with Gwyneth Paltrow. A total and Paltrow. It all fan. feels fake to me. Like none of this total feels real. Like it feels like they could all be lizard people, and we're just getting some type of weird show trial. And this video uh, at the end where she's walking out and says, I wish you well <laughs> Which, into his ear. I'm sorry. It feels it feels it like feels a, sinister. It feels sinister coming. From I was her. defending her the other day, but that that felt personal. I'm yeah. telling you, I, I feel like she could be some type of lizard person who's just she takes the mask <laughs> off when the day is over. I, I, I don't know. The idea of a celebrity countersuing somebody when they themselves weren't actually injured, like shouldn't it be enough to clear your name? She's claiming that. Well, she she was the one who was crashed into. Yeah. Yeah. So he he like crashed directly into her back, but he says you were stopped, you shouldn't have been stopped. But if you're thinking about it like if they were in cars, he'd yeah. still be to blame technically. I am not the type of white person who grew up skiing. Um, I've been snowboarding on a mountain exactly once, and I will say I I fell down the mountain. I did not snowboard down it, okay. so I could understand how you know, somebody might just be like trying to get back up or they stopped because there was something in the way and they needed to reroute. So I, I don't know for me, I, I look at something like this and I'm like, you know, same for me. I played hockey. I wasn't allowed to have too expensive. We, we didn't have enough money to do two things that were expensive yeah. in my family. Like my brother, my brother skied. I, uh, I played hockey and my dad's like, yeah, that's, I work for the government. You can't afford to also ski. This is Gwyneth Paltrow, <laughs> movie star and retired optometrist at a luxury ski resort my heart is not exactly bleeding yeah, for either yeah. one of them Ex- exactly neither one of these people <laughs> seem like they're really victims here they, they were both doing an extreme sport where injuries yeah. are extremely common and neither of them is lacking for money to pay for their expenses <laughs> like, it's a it's an old lawyer and they're on like a rich person mount like you know the, but i i like that this was a spectacle for us yes yeah. well, that's what i'm saying like it's we a, deserved that it, it's a vibe after an entire <laughs> summer of johnny depp and amber heard which just divided yep. the public 
public, uh, it's good to have one where it's like they're both kind of ridiculous. Also, did you see the clip where he like brings up Epstein for some reason for no reason whatsoever? Wait, can you play the clip? I can play that clip. I, I, I didn't mean, see this clip. It's, but... it's really funny. Like, okay, guys, we're gonna I'm gonna put it into <laughs> to dual shot here. Here, we're gonna watch this clip. It's really funny. Okay. You'll be able to, Aiden, if you want to watch oh, over sure. here, it should play here if we can. Yeah, it, I'm classifying yeah. as an ins insult, but it's absolutely ignoring me. Ignorance. <laughs> and and Ignorance. that's what it felt like. It's like, what is going <laughs> Podcast. on? Podcast. This is obviously <laughs> an issue that someone needs to be accountable for. And if they're never accountable, what are they going to do? They're going to do it again. Now we have the molesting of young children on an island denial this is ridiculous testimony he's talking about <laughs> whoa, whoa. I love the objection ridiculous testimony <laughs> deny I think her face is my favorite part she's like oh, oh, you, oh they, it's they ignorance can't, they can't see, yeah they, they can't see it but... wait was she on the the flight logs is that why I, I have saying no that? idea if she's like Hold chat on. somebody's gonna have to check I'm not googling Epstein flight logs on the work that's for sure uh, no. somebody can tell me if she was on the flight logs. It's just really she funny that I been. don't know what that has to do with what? anything to do with the ski accident on a mountain in Utah, <laughs> but that might be my favorite part. It's just like, yeah, I'm being persecuted. What? What does that have to do also, with Also, as anyway? far as things that happen in the mountains of Utah, this is pretty tame. I know of a lot of people who went missing under extraordinarily terrible circumstances, um, but it's... Uh, Worse things could happen. Exactly. That's yes. like, the other thing about this, though, is like... The, the Epstein comment, you know, is is a little funny, but like, it, like in that it's just totally ridiculous. But I'm also thinking about it. Like, I started thinking about Gwyneth Paltrow, and I'm like, wait a second, isn't she the same like person who sells all those bogus pills? Yes. Well, like, I mean, she's, the same ones that Alex Jones sells. She literally, yes, has sold from the same manufacturer. <laughs> yeah. But she's as like transmit. She's like kind of transitioned more into like you know, nim like rich person lifestyle brand. That's yeah. what Goop is. That's why Goop. Ju she should have something called Goop Justice mm -hmm. now. Darn it. Uh, yeah. Gwen Stefani's on it, and, she, and Gwyneth is not. Oh, <laughs> close, close. But I'm literally looking at the Epstein flight logs right now on mm -hmm. the company Wi-Fi. Just... <laughs> Dude, that, that, guy, uh, that guy is probably like, he also said like, he, he sent like an email to his daughter after this happened, where he's like, I'm, I'm famous, because he's like, he's like, ooh, I hit a celebrity. It, it almost feels yeah. like just, you know, a guy was tr trying to get his name in the news because he was bored. Yeah, like well, he's, he's old, he's retired. He's, he's got nothing even, to do. He's got nothing better to yeah. do. He's just hanging out. And if you like, can get three million dollars out of it, yeah, he, he initially tried to sue for three million. Good money for if you can what? get. Then, it. then it went down to three hundred thousand. Oh god. Yeah, and then she's just he like, got nothing. Well, I mean, I imagine <laughs> he that lost for, probably three hundred thousand on this. I imagine that for a lot of people like this, they just assume that a celebrity of that size might just settle out of court. Just That's to, probably what happened. Which is even funnier. Gwyneth Paltrow's like, I'm. I'm going down fighting. <laughs> she, is, she will fight for her truth. She is the actual strong okay. independent woman. But do you think that some celebrities are lizard people? God, no. No. Or politicians. I don't think there's lizard people. No. <laughs> never know. It was always meant as like a somewhat figurative, somewhat... Yeah. Do I think that there are secret societies and that these people all are, you know, working to, or not all of them, but a lot of them are working towards the same agenda behind the scenes? Absolutely. Do they have reptilian features and behaviors? Yes. No. <laughs> <laughs> behaviors, yes. Features, no. That was sometimes weird. features. That was an old... Um, Sometimes. In the unlucky <laughs> genetic lottery. Yeah. That was an old George Carlin bit where he talks about, like, you don't have to have a formal conspiracy. They go to the mm -hmm. same board... They're in the yep. same boardrooms. They go to the same colleges. They're all part of the same fraternities. It doesn't need to be formal for them to be able to move an agenda along for it to be successful. If anything, that gives them more cover 
because uh, you have a you have an innocuous reason for meeting people if you're just going to your 20 year mm -hmm. like class reunion with the rest of your snobby friends from exactly. from your law school uh, i guess a lot in a lot of these actors actually do end up going to like like four year, like good colleges because they're yep. they're all part of the same in group mm -hmm. uh i mean we just had um kimberly guilfoyle was on uh, irl the other <clears> night <throat> and she used to be married to gavin newsom gavin newsom's wife now is an actress named jennifer siebel's newsom who yes. was big before that so mm -hmm. it's like they're all part of the same clique so when people say it's uh it's a big group and you're not in it that's actually yeah. true right yeah I, I will say this much uh for all the people who are sitting there going yeah it's the freemasons yeah. no yeah. no I wish we were that cool. I wish we were that cool. That cool? <laughs> Are like, they cool? We get pizza and talk in a basement. Okay. <laughs> That's what we do. <laughs> I've heard rumors. Um, no, I'm, I mean, I'm a, I'm a fourth degree Mark Master Mason. Like, I, 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 love, I love what we do, but it's not that. Like, it's not that kind of thing where we grow up. And everybody's like, oh, you don't really know until you get to 33rd. I know a lot of 33rd degree Masons. They're dudes that have, like you know, kids who went to school with me. <laughs> They're what not. What happened to the Knights of Columbus? They're still around. My so, grandfather was one. You're, okay, so I see... I have uh, one of his pins, actually. I see the... Um, but you can't be both. You can't be both? You can't be a Mason and Knights of Columbus. No. Why, the, why not? So the Knights of Columbus developed because of the Freemasons back in the 1800s oh, okay. because the there were a lot of Catholic guys who wanted to be Freemasons because being a Freemason was cool back then. Um, and it's then... It's not cool anymore? It's just not really that much of a thing anymore. I don't I think, think people think it's cool. Anymore. There's like <laughs> three million of us. You think I mean, to be totally honest, people, people think of like the, the like old dudes paddling each other. And yeah. If you want to if you want to think Freemasons and like actually get an actual idea of what we are, uh, National Treasure does a great job. You know that the like they did an episode of Castle that involved like uh, somebody hid an, a fake treasure hunt to look down real to look for real gold and it had to do with masons uh, and symbology all mm -hmm. over buildings in New York because they were all built they were all designed by the same group. yeah so yeah mm -hmm. uh, like I did like a really poorly written senior thesis in high school on like the sacred geometry or like masonry ritual practices in the founding of America is, and like the, the way that DC is architecturally so, planned. Okay, it's I will like say there is like definitely a square and compass right? in DC. I will give you that. But there yeah. like wasn't most of DC all de designed by the same dude? Yeah, and um there's there's no hard evidence he was a freemason. Okay. Um but also that doesn't really matter because the people paying him were. Uh, there you go. So that said, I mean, listen, there are definitely Freemasons who are bad people, yeah. who are, you know, terrible people. Uh, but you've got to be careful and look at who you're talking about, because there are Freemasons who were slave owners. There are Freemasons who were, you know, mass murderers. There, there are Freemasons who were occultists and Satanists. But then if you look at, like, Al uh, Aleister Crowley, he was never a Freemason. He made his entered apprentice degree, and then he was laughed out of his lodge for the things he was saying, because yeah. they went against Masonic values, which are primarily Judeo-Christian. Um, so you guys like him, like Anton LaVey wasn't a Freemason, but everyone thinks he was. So what you're looking at is a club that basically is for, you know, men that does charity work and is a place for you to get away from your wives a couple nights a month. Um, and everyone See, that's why that, society's crumbling because there's not enough yeah. of those anymore. That's, yeah. that's the problem. What, what I tell people <laughs> is look at the list of presidents who are Freemasons. Yeah. And you will see that they were not doing anything like, you know, it won't, a couple of them were like FDR, who was just a terrible, terrible person. But uh, you'll see that most of the presidents who were Freemasons really didn't try any weird globalist stuff. They weren't into any sort of like a lot of them were actually against making the United States a more centralized power. You know, it's 
and if you go back far enough, the whole organization dates its roots to the Knights Templar, and then even further back than that to a guy named Hiram Abiff, who was one of the builders of Solomon's Temple. So the question is, is whoever Gwyneth Paltrow's married to a Freemason? That's what we need to find out. <laughs> no, it's just some <laughs> surfer dude. We need to I find out. Well, that, hey, that makes a lot of sense. It's the people it's you some least guy expect. who LARPs, sorry, who LARPs as a surfer dude, but is not. That's even worse. Like, that's even worse if you're, like, pretending to be... Sort of like how she's she's crunchy, but... Yeah, but she's rich, so she's she can't She's also really rich be... and, yeah. you know, smokes cigarettes. Look... She said you have to find the balance between tofu and cigarettes. <laughs> yeah. It sounds like something that's made to be, like, an infographic. Like, yeah. Yeah, like, it's it's made to be something so Live, laugh, love. some lady can put on her Pinterest. Like, some lady wants to put that on her Pinterest yes. right now. So, look... Also, what... for the person in here who thinks I'm Jewish, I'm not I'm Irish and... Welsh and German and Italian. There you go. <laughs> Just okay. saw that in the chat. There you go. <laughs> Correcting the record. All yeah. right, guys. I got a couple more updates here. Jonathan Majors, his uh, his uh, agent has been talking to Marvel because they're discussing options going forward about what they're, the hell they're going to do with this guy who just... Uh, did you see his this... tweets that got posted yesterday that don't really exonerate him? If anything, it just makes it look like... It makes him look has... like he's psychologically abusive. That she has, like, <laughs> battered wives syndrome. No, it literally says, like, she... Took the blame for it and admitted that she instigated it by grabbing his phone. Yeah, she's like, which means that he still strangled her and yeah. caused like her to have bruises on her neck and fingers and everything. But she took the blame for yeah. it, which just means she's a battered wife. I saw a <laughs> like, bunch I of uh, I saw the internet kind of split half the people like look like look what the text says. He's he's clearly innocent. And the other half are like, this isn't the, not the flex you think it is. Uh, to his lawyer. It will be interesting to see, given that I don't feel like the texts do much to completely exonerate him, if they do decide to release the video of this, because this took place in a cab where mm -hmm. there would clearly yeah. be, you know, because uh, for safety reasons. I see reasons. enough fight videos on my Twitter feed these days. Does, I don't want more. You gotta, I, there's probably a way to algorithmically change that. You're gonna have to look you at nothing. You can say not interested as many times as you want. No. It doesn't see, matter. that works for, like on Instagram, that works. If you say not interested enough, it will eventually <laughs> go away, but it takes it takes some time. So hopefully we'll see. It's it's a, it's a big problem for Marvel. But the, all of this is a big problem for Marvel, which has billions of dollars riding mm. on the next phase of Marvel movies in which he's supposed to play the big bad. Yeah. There's a $20 one right there. Oh, from DD Megadoodoo97, <laughs> he said, Is it true that the Freemasons fire a symbolic cannon at the Vatican annually? Also, hi, Mary. Glad to have you back. Hello. Uh, I've, true? I've never been involved in that. I've never heard of that. He's like, I never got Nobody has ever told me about that. Honestly, oh. I think that would be kind of fun. All like, oh, I know <laughs> is that Catholics are forbidden from being Masons. Yeah, and okay. uh, when I joined, our uh, the master of our lodge was a Catholic man, so that's how that's going. And they don't really listen don't to care. a lot of those rules. So. <laughs> but you, you want that invitation yeah. to the next when, time they do that, it just got lost in the mail. Yeah, exactly. Like, where's I, I want to go to the Vatican <laughs> cannon party. That sounds great. <laughs> <laughs> it does sound fun, does it not? Yeah, no, I mean, that's... When we, you want to talk about the, the things the Catholic Church did to non-Catholics during the Middle Ages? I think we can say the Freemasons are allowed to symbolically fire a cannon at so, them. So would it be like, like a cannon where, where no projectile goes off? It's just, I assume uh, that's what they mean, is a symbolic cannon. Like, we do have symbol We do have, like, little cannons that we fire off for some reasons, but it's... Okay. I've never heard of it what being reasons? related to that. It's <laughs> just a little fun stuff. You know, it's, and there's a lot of the times where we're, we're like... Cannons, we're talking fun. about, like, the Revolutionary War or the Civil War or something like that. We're really big into history. Do you think you're going to end up being a Civil War reenactor when you get older? Probably not. I do know a guy who does that, and he looks like he really enjoys it, but I just don't think it's my thing to go stand out in a field in, like, wool in the middle of summer. I've known three people that do it, and I've never met any, like, nobody in my life has ever been more dedicated to something they enjoy doing than the three people I know who 
civil who do civil war reenactment. They're so into it. It's yeah. uh, it's kind of fascinating. Yeah. But also, I do want to be clear, like. It is entirely possible that there is a group of Freemasons who goes and fires a cannon at the Vatican every year. I'm not saying it's entirely that, possible. Uh, yeah, <laughs> 500 Joe Rogans. I'm not. I know. <laughs> I, apparently, I do that a lot too. Um, I, I'm not saying that that never happens. I'm just saying I've never heard of it, and okay. my lodge has never discussed it. Well, all right. And I am good. I'm, I am buddies with like the Grand Lodge people. So. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, also, guys, if you didn't see this, uh, Takashi Six Nine, the the people that actually beat the crap out of him got arrested. Uh, <laughs> Why did Medina, the first two of them look so innocent? I, the the guy, and guy well meaning. One, guy one and two definitely look like somebody <laughs> they, like, they so got picked harmless. up by accident. Like especially the first guy. The first guy is just like I didn't do it. Like why? Why am I <laughs> okay, here? Yeah. The third guy, I might cross the street. The first two guys, oh they look harmless. <laughs> Middle uh, guy has really eyes. good eyebrows, actually, and, yes. uh, and eyelashes. Suspiciously like, good. Yeah. Also, beards that I'm clearly jealous of. Yeah, I wish. Yeah. I wish I could do that. Very floofed up. But I, I mean, I can't... I, I, correct me if I'm wrong, but didn't Takashi 6 9 snitch on literally everyone? Yeah. Yep. He's lucky to be alive. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> but it's just like, why... I was thinking about this the other day, and it was just kind of making me angry. Like... They released him knowing that he would be targeted, which would cause more crime. Why don't we just lock him up then? You know? Well, I mean, it's like you're encouraging. Really to him. That's not really, like, yeah. He takes the risk, especially if he's got the money I to afford private security. It's exactly, it's his decision. He's done, he's made these life choices. But yeah. I mean, he could have easily still, just left I've, the country. I'm thinking like El Salvador model. <laughs> yeah. He could have just left the country and been fine. It's not like yeah. this would have mattered to anyone in Spain. There, there were other so. options that he simply didn't take. Yeah. So, you know, I'm not, nobody deserves to get beaten up in a gym for sure. no real reason, but yeah. like, you know. Yeah. I just don't like all of the. You reap what you sow. Yeah. I don't like all of the people in like suburban neighborhoods tweeting safely in their bedroom. He deserved it. Yeah. This is how, like, yeah. like, that's how the streets were. They're not whatever. about like, that life. Yeah. Says, like, says some dude named, named Charles. A girl who has a tapestry on her yeah. wall. Yeah. <laughs> All right, uh, I've got a couple of other very strange announcements before we get into everything. I thought this might be an April Fool's joke, but apparently it's not. They're going to bring Forrest Gump 2 into development. Again, why? I have no idea why. I don't think there's any reason to do that. I don't think that they can make movies about disabled people anymore. Probably not. Time's probably over yeah. for that. Well, no, he's grandfathered in because the first one was made at a time when you could, so he's, uh, he's allowed. You could probably. never make... Forrest Gump or uh, What's Eating Gilbert Grape, neither of those could fly yeah. today. <laughs> or Sling Blade. Or Sling Blade. All right. Uh, we got a couple of other. Oh, I want to do Cringe of the Day. Let's just do Cringe of the Day. Oh, boy, what's um, Cringe of the Day? This is a video that somebody released oh, yesterday. I have thoughts on this. Oh, okay. I saw this. Okay. All right, guys. <laughs> if you haven't watched it, yes, uh, uh, it's a trigger warning for the state of relationships between men and women here in the West. Here we go. Right now, because I just had a man approach me in a parking lot. And it went fine, and I'm gonna tell you why it went fine and how to address it, because it was in a book I read, and this is how you're supposed to address it, but it scared me. I'm literally, I'm literally shaking. I haven't heard that since so the 2016 this guy, election. I am a, literally alone with my son, by myself, a woman, and a male approached me in a parking lot. He's excuse me, miss, and I don't know why in the hell he was approaching me or what he was trying to do. And before he, I mean, he was probably, 30 feet from me when he Whoa. said excuse me and i turned around and i literally yelled at him and i said do not approach me and he like 
immediately started going in the other direction and I just kept saying it over and over and over. I said, do not approach me. Do not approach me. And he, of course, like, got like, what the F did it? Like, he started cussing and yelling, like, what, what's your problem? And I, and I looked at him and he started, he actually then crossed a couple cars down from my car. He didn't come anywhere near me. He crossed a couple cars down from my car and was like, what's con continuing to cuss and say, what's your problem? And I said, you do not approach women in a parking lot. I just kept saying, do not approach me. You do not approach women in a parking lot. Like yelling it. No male. No male should ever approach a woman in a parking lot. Ever. Should, no male should ever approach a woman in a parking lot. And if a male does approach you, you need to turn around and use the strongest voice that you can possibly use with them. Don't be polite. They need to literally screw off. No male should be approaching you in a parking lot. Only a Sith deals in absolutes. Yeah, um, <laughs> like, we're kind of, like, assuming it's not fake and it's not just for TikTok. It's calls. not. She keeps going. She, there, like, are, there are, like, five more of these videos. Explaining yeah. yeah. Like her whole tip and the story from... keeps changing. Now, like, like then he's sketchy looking. Then he's then he looks homeless. Then he's he's really aggressive. Oh, and of course, like, me, oh, I comment. This is racially coded. Yeah, me with me with my 1.2 million followers on TikTok. I sit there and I comment. I'm like, oh, so you only scream when it's some poor downtrodden homeless man approaching. You got it. Like you're cool. <laughs> What a lady, right? Like we're kind of like assuming, uh, especially because she has a son who's going to grow up to hate himself. Like I don't think so. Oh, she's not going. You think she's going to raise that, that guy? poor she, kid. I mean, we know think, it's not. It's not about him being a man it's just about him uh, being homeless like <laughs> no it's about him being a man i mean why was he I mean, it, it doesn't really matter like you just are supposed to ignore it and just get in the car well and the thing is she she says he's 30 feet away and here's the thing like i there have been several times in my life where somebody has dropped something or like i've been in a parking lot and somebody was loading their groceries into the car and the cart starts rolling away or towards a car or something like that and i've been like hey just so you know like that's yeah. the, you know Clef the try and do the right thing twenty dollars left the misfit said there actually is a sequel to forrest gump in the novels the movie is based on it's called gump and co oh my released god in 1995 there's been a plan to make the film of it for years well they're getting it off the ground now apparently so yeah good, okay good for them i have no interest in i mean let's name. let's be honest here this chick didn't drop her wallet the guy was probably about to ask for money he, and it's like harmless fine yeah Woo! crisis part oh my and God. depending on what, <laughs> what area she lives in probably shouldn't engage just get in the car for, for me what bugged me a little bit more was less the fact that she was like freaked out and more a the fact that the story keeps changing and yeah. and b the fact that like you know it's there, there's there's a it really does feel like the way she's describing it is like some homeless guy was approaching her and there's a way to deal with that there's a she's way to like, handle that like homeless people ick that's what yeah and i understand that women women do experience the world differently because of you know different size stature like you know yeah. like and that it, it can be frightening but she also one i think what really bugged me was that in the first story she's in a mall parking lot and she says it's empty and this guy approaches her mm. but then later on she says that he goes like four or five cars down and then in another version of the story, there's a whole bunch more cars and he actually is asking other people. So her whole reasoning that she was alone in a parking lot and that's why she screamed at him kind of falls okay. apart. That that bugged me a little bit. It seems because what I think about here is I'm like, as a man, say that she did, you know, something dropped off her cart or she dropped a wallet or something like that. I don't know what what the situation was here. And because her story keeps changing, I don't think she's a reliable narrator. No. So for me, I'm sitting here. I'm like, if I were in a parking lot and there were people around, and somebody, a woman dropped her wallet. I saw it, I picked it up and I said, hey ma'am, 
and went to hand her back her wallet and she turned around and screamed do not approach me everyone in that parking lot is suddenly looking at me like i'm a monster yeah and that would yeah. like i well this is like, i, <laughs> I saw this reaction out. that said like true crime podcasts are turning housewives into paranoid mm -hmm. schizophrenics and Thoughts? there's definitely a grain of truth to that you, like you are you do it will change your view of the world and and how dangerous it is you do become the media you consume a lot of the time like a, a, my mood can actually change de depending on like what i'm watching if i'm watching something with a cynical bend to it mm -hmm. i'll find it affecting you know how i'm approaching the world until i stop watching it for a period of time they might not even know that that, that it's affecting how they see things and also they're taking curated stories that are done by these uh, podcasts and these shows that do it for work that take the you know the outskirt examples of horrible things humans have done to one another and then they do their makeup and talk about yeah, it yeah <laughs> yeah it's just it is what it is so um and then there were a bunch of reactions like what men just can't approach women anymore and it's like yep. i guess there, not, there was a rational conversation not if she has a baby with yeah. her uh, that's true like i will yeah if the baby if the baby was like and it's like you're at visible, a grocery store or something i don't yeah. know it's just no, it's I'm, like a weird setting if there was no good reason for this guy to actually be approaching her i think she you know starting to scream at him like that when he's that far away is you know maybe a little bit jumping the gun on it but if i can also understand the suspicion i wonder you know? if she uh carries a gun uh, or if well, she's opposed you know, to that. She should. <laughs> she should. She should be. If you're going to be a, a, if you're a woman out alone and you think that there's a chance that you're going to be attacked, you should be armed. All right. Yeah. All right. Let's go ahead and get into it then. Let's uh, let's move on. Let's talk about Guy Pierce, ladies and gentlemen. Guy Pierce from Memento. He got into very big trouble the other day because he apparently doesn't know anything about the internet or the way culture <laughs> is going these days. He had the temerity to ask the question, you know, if only trans people can play trans characters, then can trans people only? play trans characters and then he found out swiftly yeah you are not allowed to ask questions my friend you just do what they say and you move on because okay. you are going to get into very deep trouble on the internet for daring to ask such a such a brave and stunning question to the a public stunning and brave question. stunning and brave thoughts so if, if the only people allowed to play trans characters are trans folk then are we also suggesting the only people trans folk can play are trans characters Surely that will limit your career as an actor. Isn't the point of an actor to be able to play anyone outside your own world? Duh. I mean, the follow-up question is, have you played a woman, Guy Pierce? They do in the theater all the time. Yeah. In, in well, theater, they used they, to, they, but that's not the way Hollywood works anymore. In Hollywood, absolutely not. It is hilarious how like uh, they pick and choose what you're allowed to... Uh, change and what you're not allowed to change meaning that like you can play uh, you can race swap a character you can gender swap a character but you yourself cannot do that the ellen page can now play uh who is now elliot page can play men or women now depending on what day of the week it is well but, they changed but scarlett elliot johansson Page's can't character t into a trans yeah. character which deviated from in, uh, in what? In The Last of Us? In, from Umbrella Academy. Oh, gotcha. It was Gerard Way's uh, comic book gotcha. series. And they changed the character that Elliot Page was playing after... Uh, after the transition? The transition. And uh, that was just like what they were expected to do. My, my favorite part of this whole story is like... There has never been a group in history more protected or able to cause more fear. You have to see the length of the message that he wrote. He, it's yeah. like a full pair. It's like a full page 
uh, that he wrote uh, in his apology for it. Yeah. I, I Restitution it, paper. Like, like that is that is. School. He he made that tweet, what Mary read to you, basically, and this was the response he had to go because, uh, give you. Like I'm not reading all that. The but crap but out congratulations, of or sorry that happened. <laughs> yeah, like you're not allowed to ask questions. You're not allowed to push back in any way, shape, or form. They will cry out in pain as they punch you in the face. You're not allowed to deviate from the narrative at all. And the narrative is that they can play whatever role they want. But they also are the only ones who can play their uh, roles that involve their gender identity because to them, an actor can only play something within their lived experience, which makes no sense because the whole point of an actor between yeah. research, practice in the craft is that you're supposed to be able to convincingly convey something outside of your lived experience. <laughs> You might not be able to see it looking at me, but I actually was a theater kid growing up. Um, I did. I was. I started acting classes and camps and all that when I was in fourth grade. I did it up through about tenth grade, and then I switched over to music because theater people were telling me I wasn't a real theater person because I was working at a local regional theater instead of doing the school one. Gatekeepers, exactly. Yeah. Theater gatekeepers, and I. And I. I think that was kind of the beauty and the joy of it for a lot of us was. You know, especially as kids, but even as adults, the, the whole point of acting is that you're going and you're putting on a performance. You are being somebody aside from yourself. Yeah. So, you know, when I remember it was uh, People's Light and Theater in Malvern, Pennsylvania is where I did all of my stuff. And every year around the holidays, they do something called a panto. Okay. And in the panto, one of the main jokes was that there was a, a character that was the dame. This was like structural to the panto. It was a character that was the dame. It was always the same actor. It was a man dressed in women's clothes with like huge fake boobs and like the whole thing Luke would love it. was you it was just making fun of like you know th th this this character it was both making fun of women and making fun of the man it was supposed to be comedic and everybody loved it everybody laughed because the whole show was ridiculous yeah. the entire idea of a panto is that you go over the top um and I think with acting today, especially, we're starting to see this weird thing where for like, you know, five years ago it was uh, straight actors can't play gay characters. Yeah. Well, no, I think straight actors can play gay characters and gay actors can play straight characters because if if you're a straight man who can play a gay man or you're a, a, a lesbian woman who can play a straight woman and you can do it convincingly, that's impressive. Yep. You're just a good actor. Matt Bomer is a good example of yeah. that. To, uh, Neil Patrick Harris. Neil Patrick Harris, uh, all good examples of gay men who were able to, and, and those are characters that weren't just straight men, but were considered heartthrobs mm -hmm. to women who wooed women consistently yeah. in various roles they played. And it's weird because I think part of it is also because Hollywood for a long time, if you pay attention to, to the casting departments, they always, uh, people think it's a new thing these days that they try to incorporate, like they'll give the character the same hometown backstory as the actor because they feel like it adds to authenticity but they've actually been doing that for decades in Hollywood they try to actually mold aspects of characters to be more in line with the actor themselves and I don't think that actually helps in in any way I think it seems like more of a yeah. an artist an artist's version of a virtue signal uh, that they're able to now exploit because of how heavily Hollywood has gotten engaged in identity politics. I, I also I do think it was a perfectly fair question for for him to ask. Exactly, you know? it was so reason. That's what's it, funny about it. It was so reasonable. I will say, I think had he asked it a week earlier, 
it would have received significantly different responses. True. It probably would have been, you know, he might have still gotten some flack, but I think there would have been more of a discussion. Probably would have been more reason oh, and I all don't. that. Of course, Twitter, so probably not. But... I don't think on Twitter there's any chance of a reasonable yeah, discussion. True. I think this would be the reaction no matter where, when it was posted. But I, I do think that the fact that he, he posted this, what, three days after a... a um, that definitely has something to do with A trans person committed a mass shooting, like... And, 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 you know, and as we know, they're under attack. Yeah. And, and well, I will I will also be very open about the fact that, like, the response I've seen from some conservatives about this shooting, how mm-hmm. suddenly suddenly a lot of people who two weeks ago were there should be no restrictions on what yeah. guns you should own are like trans people shouldn't have guns. No, screw that. Trans people should have guns. Yeah. Gay people should have guns. Black people should have guns. White people should have guns. We should all have guns. I agree. Guns are fantastic. I was, uh, I said, <laughs> I said if that you're last. mentally stable. Yeah. Yeah, who's, Even who, then, who, though, because like I, I have anxiety and depression. I'm not going to shoot myself. That doesn't count. Like, <laughs> I'm, I'm saying people who like scare the shit out of the people around them and constantly like, make. I think if you're making threats, that's one thing. Who that's literally that like every one of these examples. It, I mean, that's and also recognizing like I, we we're getting off topic, yeah. but like recognizing the yeah. the role that the FBI plays in these situations. Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> well, I have no illusions about no like, that, that definitely stuff. <laughs> had something to do with the reaction to his tweet for sure but he would have been eviscerated regardless my main thing is like I, I'm just tired of I, I just don't think we need this the, this many stories told about gay and trans people it's like what one percent or a uh, di- like <laughs> depends what generation you're talking of percent to of, of all of our population and they're being inserted into at least like a quarter of Hollywood, roles but it's in not, Hollywood. Actually, now. Hollywood identifies overwhelmingly 22% identifies LGBTQIA. Yeah. So, based on their population, the, the population of LGBTQ stories being told, it's actually pretty similar to what the actual number of people in Hollywood who identify that way are. My mm-hmm. problem is when they start. Uh, superimposing that onto the rest of the nation and think that Hollywood represents yeah. the rest of us. Well, the, the other thing too is that it's not just like it's 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 backfiring is is the problem. You know, I have I have gay friends, I have trans friends, I love all of these people very much in my life. But what I'm seeing is the rush to make every single TV show and movie about a gay person, a trans person, someone who's marginalized, something else like that. People are getting tired of it. People are people feel like they're being lectured, not like they're going to see a, a movie or a TV show or something. Um, one one great example, I want to put it this way: I've there have been a lot of movies that come out recently that are that are pushing a, a progressive agenda. But then uh, Top Gun came out. Yep. There is no politics in Top Gun. It is a movie about the military that is entirely apolitical. It does not tell you who the enemy is. It you know there's there's a couple of female fighter pilots there's a couple of black fighter pilots nobody talks about it nobody thinks about it they're just a bunch of badass pilots going to blow stuff up I actually pointed that out about the x-files why they would mm-hmm. never be able to do the x-files now because it was a show about two fbi agents that promoted a bipartisan promotion of distrust in the government yep. like they, mm-hmm. they, it didn't it didn't take sides one way or the other it's just they're in power therefore they are corrupt because it's the government yeah exactly it, but what, what i wanted to finish the thought with was though is uh have you guys seen the movie uh uh, devotion I didn't know that's with Jonathan Majors with Jonathan Majors we went to see that when it came out in the theaters it was that my my co-host Aiden my one of my best friends he NYU film you know similar political opinions to me not not quite as extreme but um similar but we walked out of that theater it is a story about fighter pilots but most importantly it's a story about racism yeah and the thing is at no point did I feel lectured yeah I did not feel like I was being told I'm a bad person 
I, it was just, hey, here's this story of something that really happened. Yeah. And it was a true story of both racism, overcoming racism, and friendship and sacrifice. The problem is there it was aren't, fantastic. There aren't enough good writers to make all yeah. those stories come out that way. Uh, unfortunately, you're only going to get a couple of ones that are going to be able to tell those stories with a deft hand that aren't going to overdo it and turn yeah. it into something like dinner theater. There is absolutely, and I, I think you're, you're hitting the nail on the head. The problem is not that these stories are being told. It's that the writers suck. Yeah. Well, but at least, at least when it comes to addressing something like racism, that mm -hmm. affects way more people than trans issues, yeah. just objectively. Yeah. Therefore, it resonates with a wider audience. But when you're prioritizing telling stories about you know, being trans or being non-binary or even being gay, which is more common, yeah. you're still only addressing a very small sliver of the population. Mm -hmm. And then the, the, their allies. Yeah. There's, <laughs> there's them, good ways to and do then it they'll and they're not doing it the good when ways. It, when it doesn't resonate with that wider audience, they'll complain that it's because we're discriminating against them. And I think and I'm just tired of being the villain in, in their narrative of their like self-mythologizing of their lives. They're, you know? like, they're vindictive, but they also don't realize that they're in their own bubble. They think that they live in a movie that is yeah. their life and they are the main character. And they feel that uh, that what they represent is actually what middle America represents, which is clearly not the same. Though I do believe that that's going to, that the, the, the gap between middle America beliefs and Hollywood and this stuff will shrink as social media grows and they're able to influence more and more kids yeah uh, i worry about that i go back and forth with people about whether they believe the next generation will truly be more conservative i said i don't think so not as long as oh. tiktok is around and social media is still around all this stuff will i can't think of Hollywood a time that around. i can't think of a time in history that a generation was more conservative than the last two yeah like we we have i don't i can't think of a single time that we've gotten more <laughs> conservative over time um you know usually usually progress goes a certain way i don't i don't think that progressive is necessarily a a you know a good i don't think it's it has to have a good connotation yeah. you know i think that there there's good progress and there's bad progress if you are walking through a swamp and you find a pile of quicksand and you walk into it that's progress yeah but it didn't go very well so like stuff like that you know it's i i, I think that it's we really are seeing a, a lot of a lot of stories that are fumbling it they're not sure how to how to do it and it, <laughs> Oddly enough, one of the best uh, IPs for for showing diversity, in my opinion, in a positive light, is Star Wars. Mm. Um, and I'm not talking about the sequel movies; those yeah. were garbage. And it's not <laughs> it's not because of the diversity stuff; it's because they were garbage. But if you watch Clone Wars, if you watch Mandalorian, if you watch Rebels, any of these shows, and in most of the movies, you know they've got strong female characters. They've got uh, diversity. I mean, think about Empire Strikes Back. Yeah. That came out what 1980, 79, yeah, yeah. 80, something like that. Yeah. It's it, they got huge backlash for having a black character, a black like you know important supporting character, and he did a great job. He was a great character. He was exciting. He was fun. He was cool, and it was well done. And you look back on it now, and you watch Empire Strikes Back, and you're not sitting there going, "Oh, God, they're shoving the diversity in my face." Well, you know, in, in there's general, a good way to do it. Uh, I feel like people don't give Hollywood enough credit for just how diverse it always was. The difference was uh, the story I always give is like, look, back in the day, what you'd have is uh, it would be two main white characters, and then they would make uh, the 
characters that were of other ethnic backgrounds or minorities uh, the secondary characters right now they're flipping it mm -hmm. and it's uh, they're just a lot of people would see that as a form of like look we're just uh, we're just going the other way with it yeah. right now the the same amount of white characters exist they're just not the focal point anymore and most of the time I actually don't have a problem with it like I said if they don't focus yeah. on that being an issue uh, I tried with to watch acid being yeah spewed at you yes. like not everything has to be about you white mayo monkey and yeah. it's just like, like said, if you're uh, trying to c create any goodwill with your audience and you want white people to go support your project in mm -hmm. part like that's just not how you go about it yeah. yeah basic human interaction would teach you that yeah. They're just very socially maladjusted people. Like, it, this is just one of those things where it's going to, this is, I don't know if this ever goes away. Like, if you're, people are going to be scared into not, into complying and not having opinions on things because uh. of how fierce and fast I mean, maybe the backlash comes. if you're a coward, it's pretty easy also, to push back. Yeah. Just, a, just to really quickly address some stuff somebody said about me saying there was backlash to Empire Strikes Back. It wasn't, it, you know, it wasn't critical backlash. It was you're in a small town at the movie theater and everyone's why the hell is there a black guy on screen yeah. that's what i mean when i say there was backlash it was pretty well accepted by hollywood cloud roth said have you seen any of the insane lefty streamers on twitch my coworker just showed me beefs some lgbt creator was saying to tell people's kids santa claus doesn't exist and god is fake we're surrounded by creeps yeah it's just mean like, why, why would you that? want to do that to kids? <laughs> that's like that's the world what we the live hell? in now. That's the world we live in now. Mary, let's go to super chats. Oddly okay. enough, that goes both ways because there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of like hardcore Christians who are like, don't tell your kids about Santa Claus. True. <laughs> Is that true? Is that true? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Especially yeah, within Protestantism. It's, yeah, it's sort of like a. I love that people just don't like fun anymore. You're not allowed to have fun. And I do well, believe they, that the internet They think that it's like fun. a consumerist Ugh. deity. Let them be consumerist then for a couple of years. <laughs> Okay, Martin Santiago said, Mary is more elusive than both. Hashtag no Mary, things get hairy. Hashtag free Mary. Hashtag prayers. <laughs> she feels well, better, guys. Your She's prayers back worked. to work. I'm here. Vanguard uh, N7 said, I have an announcement. You have lossy the game? You have lost the game. Lost, That's rude. Lost the game. Come on, man. Oh, Wait. I see what you mean. <laughs> Corey Anderson said, Mary, how does your garden grow? How does your garden grow? Is that a thing? Good. And wasn't that nursery rhyme about like a woman having an adulterous husband or something? I, you'd have to know that one better than me. I have no idea. <laughs> Shane uh, H. Wilder. Shane H. Wilder said, glad to see you back, Mary. Now drench the castle in holy water because weird things have gone on in your absence. Let's go with some lore. Look, we what we, things happened? Like, well, I mean, I think they're mostly talking about the money guns. I had to get out, like I had to come, oh. in, I had to come in early, and like we had to like work on the money guns to yeah. make sure that they were going to work today. Which, if you look at the PTZ camera shot, uh, they are absolutely working today, which is fantastic. That's good. Uh, I, I'm only the, the people are in the chat. Like nobody was concerned about Billy D. I'm like, okay, are you telling me that the people who told me about this like were lying to me? Like I wasn't born. I'm just going off of what yeah. people who were alive at the time told me. Yeah. Like maybe they lied, but don't don't bitch at me for it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Goofer Trooper said Lore Lodge on PCC. Let's go. Yep. Also, somebody in the somebody in the Discord the other day said. Uh, uh, what did he say? Like somebody at his work said, when, "Why haven't you put on the 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 Let's Go Guys podcast?" Because apparently I say "Let's Go" a lot, which I don't feel like I actually say all that often. They called it like the Let's the guy who says "Let's Go" a lot. I'm like, I you say, don't say it, it but, that much. but I do I do say it, but I don't say it that often. 
Boosted Yogi said, glad to see your face again, Mary. Glad you're feeling better. Thanks. That sounded so fake. <laughs> <laughs> Genuinely. Thank you. Corey Anderson said, Revelation 6-8 is my favorite Bible passage. What are y'alls? Well, Brett is not Christian. Yes, I wouldn't, so. I wouldn't have an answer to that. <laughs> um, I think there's one from Hebrews that I don't remember exactly what it was, but it was like, Jesus Christ is the same uh, yesterday, today, and tomorrow, and don't get carried away with strange teachings. What, um, was, the, what was the question again exactly? Favorite Bible path? Oh. Any thoughts? Any mm. thoughts on that? Uh, Isaiah Wendigoon turned me on. Uh, he he pointed out when we were on Weird Bible once uh, the the very end of uh, the of Stephen's execution in Acts, his trial. Um, I can't recall the the words off the top of my head, but basically he he looks at the Pharisees and and goes, you know, was it not your ancestors who killed the prophets? Was it not your ancestors who you know spit on God's word and broke God's laws? You know, it like <laughs> basically just tells them to their face that they're false preachers, and then. Uh, they like just kill him <laughs> but it's just badass that this guy goes to his death being like you know i believe you know i walked with christ i i was there you guys are the ones who were dicks to him so like, for me i'm I, I love that one there you go i just saw this clip of trump from an old interview where they ask him uh like what's your favorite it's a very personal, Bible verse it's a very or something. personal question and he said that's a very personal question i don't like to to talk about the Bible in, uh, on a public interview or something. The something idea like that. here is that and he then doesn't they have said, any like, clue. The answer is Jonah 4.9. They said, <laughs> they said uh, are you an Old Testament guy or a New Testament guy? Which is, I guess, a fair question. I don't yeah. know. And he said, I think probably equal. <laughs> and I just said, I don't, Actually a pretty theologically sound I, answer. <laughs> yeah. I don't blame him at all for not yeah. answering. Because it's like, even if you do answer... Then it, they're both it's a the wrong, wrong answer, answer. Yeah. and they'll criticize you for your answer or for your interpretation or for some fun, some small like fumbling of the words. Like <laughs> it, it's a trick question all along. Yep. Corey Anderson, or no, sorry, Quiet Inari said, uh, "Y'all ever listen to Gary Wayne?" I don't know who that is. I have not heard of Gary uh, Wayne. That have does you? not sound familiar to me either. Okay. Old Warrior 34 said, "Early Supernatural is Kino. Once they got super into dealing with heaven, it kind of." loses the plot yeah the it kind of collapses after season five like it was not supposed to go past season five it was written to end and then the cw was like hey you're our most successful show you're making uh, us a lot of money can you maybe keep going <laughs> stranger things now it, you literally said that i'm glad that the stranger things actors and writers are like it's time for it to end she what did she turn down 12 million dollars yeah. millie bobby brown to keep going like that's the level of privilege most will Damn. never understand. Damn. You know? <laughs> Let's move on, Mary. Let's talk about uh, how reality TV shows are destroying the fabric of society. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we've talked about Milf Manor on the show before <laughs> and how disturbing that show is. I think that TLC is just trying to up the ante now. They've just announced a new reality show called Seeking Brother Husband on TLC. Uh, uh, <laughs> And I guess this is just a show about women who want to have multiple husbands. And uh, I guess it's sort of the gender-bent version of Sister Wives. There you go. But it's not going to be as successful, probably. 
Well, the, the gender-bent <laughs> sequels never are, Mary. No. Um, so this comes out this weekend, actually, but we do have the trailer to show you guys. Um, okay. Hopefully we won't get copyright claim let's, for this. Let's, let's watch it. I've got the Twitter version of it here. Yeah. All right, here we go. It's it's quite disturbing, so if you have children in the one... room, avert their eyes. Yes. Here we go. Polyandry is one woman having multiple husbands. Polyandry. Partner number one. Partner That's number you. two is hopefully on the way. He does face. not look happy. The number of brother husbands one can have. The tables have turned. So you want a boyfriend and a husband? Why not? This is not, <laughs> not rocket science. We all love attention and love. Are you ready for this? Where do we go from here? Seeking brother husband. Look, this looks like it's going to become Fight Club so fast. Like, all no, the wait, men man, look none horrified. Of those, none of those men are fighting any other <laughs> dudes, mm -mm, that mm -mm. is for sure. You can always see in their eyes how crushed their spirit is. Oh, my gosh. Uh, oh. If, I was, if I was with somebody and they came to me and said they wanted to open up the relationship, I would end it. Like I, I mean, that's what it means anyway. Yeah, I... I <laughs> you know, at that point, like... Uh, I'm not. I'm not necessarily going to judge other people for doing it, but that's I just am. so not so not something I could do. I would feel so uncomfortable. Yeah. Like. Yeah, I just I think that the polyamory thing and polygamy and plural marriage or whatever you want to mm -hmm. call it. I, I had never heard the word polyandry before. Yeah, me neither. Sounds like a name. I had, but it was because of Mormons. <laughs> um, that's the next step, right? That's the next this is um, the... fake civil rights it, movement. It is a little funny that people have been making fun of, especially on the left, have been making fun of Mormons for so long about the whole polyamory thing, the whole polyandry thing, and now it's like becoming a left wing. They're like thing. crap. Now we have to embrace it. Yeah. But like, well, here's the thing though. They don't care though. They don't care yeah. that if they have like a bunch of tweets that say the complete opposite of what they now believe. Oh, I know. They they don't care. It's no truth but power. And they're celebrating the fake milestones. Uh, this one woman on the show named Kenya Stevens said, this is the first show on national television that highlights poly women exclusively. Yeah. So said, stunning. <laughs> stunning so and brave. brave. She said, women are not similar to men who set up poly lifestyles. We have our own way of doing it, and it's freedom-based and equitable. <laughs> oh, oh, well, I was with her until the equity part. Uh, I was like, freedom? I'm here for freedom? Tell me tell me more. Oh, wait, you're just a weirdo. So Let's tell me see. how your deviancy is actually empowering. <laughs> it, That's that, what that, it's all about. That explanation for the existence of the show does sound a little contrived, I'm not going to lie. Like, yeah, they like, just say equity just and they don't care that if it doesn't you, matter. Just yeah. admit the men's show made you money and now you're going to do it with women because well, yeah. it'll make you money. Like, Firstly, like, yeah, admit that you're doing this for money, TLC, and then the, the women who are shown on this show, admit that you're doing it because you have, like, severe psychological and emotional problems and are starved for attention. I mean, you not only to... not only want multiple husbands, but also want to be a reality television star. I, I would never want that. Like, I would never want to be unreality. Both of those things sound terrible. going into a situation where you know you'll be publicly yeah. humiliated. In, in reality, TV <laughs> is one of those. I, I kind of, I have a soft, even though I don't watch it, I have a soft spot for reality TV because it just seems like. Oh, I do too. We talk. Yeah, every once in a while you throw on some about, Jersey Shore. <laughs> we, we talk about how defense lawyers are the last bastion of people that are allowed to just be awful to everyone. And they're just like, it's their job. It's fine. Reality TV show people get to just be awful human beings. Uh, Harvey Weinstein's of, lawyers just like she was us 
asking she, for yeah, it. They, basically, <laughs> that's, that's what it is. Like they're, they're going to have a show called Hanging with Harvey, and that's going to be how oh, no. no. they end up getting out of this. Can it be, can no. just be a live stream of him like? <laughs> um, Yikes! Look, like I would never, I would never want to be able to to be on a show like this. One because it's like. Look, it is the because well, you the don't slow... want to be cocked. No, I mean uh, any show, like this, <laughs> any type of reality TV show, because yeah. look, it's the slow chipping away of of the culture, right? And as somebody who is uh, fairly like, yo, you do you, I don't really care, but I also then have to talk about it at work, so I'm I'm not allowed to just ignore it. I still then have to at least talk about it and think about what it means for society. Yeah. And I do I think that this is going to cause some rise in uh, how do you, polyandry? No, but I think it's going to kill a lot of brain cells. In which case I say, Look. that's fine. You want to kill the brain cells, that's fine. But I do worry that it coarsens the culture, even if it's not really in my, it, my place to tell them does. they can't do it. Undeniably, it yeah. does. And also... That divorce court is going to be so complicated. <laughs> How do you think... Well, no, because only one of them would be legal marriage and the other one would be a religious ceremony. Well, until, well, until they can be until legal they, marriages. Until, legally mar until it turns into a, a then, fake civil if, rights so, era movement. What if what ends up happening they're then They're fighting is like, for their right to like, get plural marriage. Yes, women, women unlike, like always come out ahead in divorce court here mm. in America, but you just wait till we find out that men always come out in plural divorce court. Uh, and they end up getting all the money from these ladies and having to split it two ways. Yeah, I'd watch, in fact, that's a show I would watch. I would watch a show if it was just the divorces of poly couples to watch the hilarity that would ensue, watching them try to split assets three ways. It's like, uh, you've got like a, a thing of golf clubs, and they have to like s like give them to all three of the separate people. You mean the Nintendo Switches, right? Yes, well that too. <laughs> I, I I can't help but notice that the polyamorous people are never hot. They're always Funny how that works, right? um, kind of pudgy and dysgenic uh, yeah. looking. <laughs> like I mean, I we're we're all thinking it. I just said it. Um, also, they talked about. We also had the lady talking about how Mil how Milf Manor came to be. Given that uh, they said it was very hard to find both single women with single children. I was for like the, the casting. She said casting for Milf Manor was very yeah. difficult because you I can't have to find. That was the hard part. You have to find single mothers with uh, an adult son who is in his twenties who is also single. But you also have to deceive them and keep them on the show after they've already signed on to it, after lying to them about what the show was. Wait, they lied to them about what the show was? Exactly. So when you set up a show as uh, obviously degenerate on its face as Milf Manor, yeah. you have to lie to people about it for them to agree to do this. You get them onto the property, oh, you get them filming. Oh. They're already signed on. They're contractually obligated to continue doing this or else they pay a, a fine probably. And we know that and they treat these you people pull, horrible. Oh yeah, sure. The, I, the working conditions are designed to make like them Like Love act is out. Blind. Yeah. There's a contestant from Love is Blind who came out and said like they literally don't give us food or water and they only give us alcohol. Jeez. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, like they they literally show up at this property where they film the show and find out what the show is. They were they were totally misled about it. So, the managing director of the production company for Milf Manor is named Daniela Newman, and she did an interview a talking woman. about what it was like. I thought women were all virtuous and amazing and would never come up with such a debaucherous concept. No, it's about empowerment of women. That's why she came up with it. But yeah, I mean, if you read what they're saying, the the people, the women on it, didn't actually know. Yes, like they lied to them. 
Mortensen claims she had no idea about the show's striking title until her final interview where she was asked to read the line up next on MILF Manor. (laughs) So... (laughs) Which, granted, it seems like she was not yet in Mexico for this. She said she signed up for the show without knowing exactly what it was about other than being told it was about empowering older women. I mean, that's the exact opposite of what it's about because it's clearly humiliating older women. We, I could have pitched you this podcast them. to like, Mary, come on this podcast with me. It empowers women. Yeah, like because technically, uh, you're allowed to have uh, you're allowed to have your opinions here. Therefore, it's empowering women. It could mean anything. I mean, it, it really would have been one thing if Milf Manor were just a show about older women dating younger men, but the, the fact that they brought weird. the sons into it and brought them all as contestants as well is literally incest and it's promoting incest well also like imagine if you had like dilf domicile this would be like banned from tv immediately yes. like it would not dilf domicile I, is the greatest name ever well, I, be, i'm also realizing den. that den was a lot it's it was den. a lot like I, I don't know what domicile like was domicile. the first thing to come to mind domicile sounds more like, like you're like dilf you dorms. Dilf dorms. <laughs> <laughs> wait okay no a show about like middle-aged like good-looking men going back to college oh that'd be fun. would actually be pretty fun and they have to do like all of the new gender studies <laughs> <laughs> they have to go back. They have to go yeah. and they have to start as freshmen, just like the 18 year olds. That's amazing. Oh, I'm getting word that Andrew Tate was just released. Yeah, I saw that. Oh, I didn't want to derail co- the show to talk about it. Cobra. Interesting. Let's go. Oh, so I uh, hate that. There was just a story the other day about how the U.S. Embassy took an interest in the case. Maybe this is what happened. They're like, uh, they sent Biden is just trying so, to get those dubs. <laughs> big dick swinging, sending in the U.S. Uh, State Department in there to, to get out Andrew Tate. Now, that Meanwhile, be- Assange is just like, yeah. I'm here. The best, the, best, the, the best conclusion to this is that we get Andrew Tate like shaking hands with Joe Biden on the front lawn Bruh. of the White House. And, and then like Assange is literally watching... <laughs> Yeah. Wait, is it, was it actually the State Department that got Tate no, released? I have no, okay, I, thank there, God. There was a story <laughs> the other day about how the U.S. the U.S. Um, embassy in Romania had taken an interest in the case. I guess two months later, and now I'm just picturing some like we'll get the reality, we'll get the made-for-TV movie someday about the the brave soul who went and freed Tate. Oh no! Someone said Dilf Dungeon. Yeah. Oh God! On, on the subject of Andrew yeah. Tate, Dilf Dungeon. I do think. I, I would not be shocked if the embassy did step in and said he is still on house arrest. That's a good point. But uh, I wouldn't be shocked if they stepped in and said, hey, you need to release him from prison, because if you don't actually come up with something on this guy soon, he's going to be a martyr. Well, they, they like they went way past the 30 days they oh, had yeah. to hold him, which they had to get a special provision for just to hold him pat to 30 days. Yeah. And they just they just well, didn't release him. <laughs> I don't think that Romanians are very attached to or precious about their civil liberties or lack thereof. Not, not as much know? as we are. <laughs> <laughs> We're very attached to those. But anyway, let's get back on, on MILF Manor. Oh, <laughs> so this same contestant, Mortensen, she said she was informed that her 20-year-old son, Joey, was invited to filming to be her support system on ah. the show. Literally just lied. deceived these yeah, women. Lied. And yeah. you know what? The how, fact that a lot of them stayed, we don't know who left. But it is the fact weird that a lot that of, so them many of them stayed, stayed after finding out what this show was really about just shows 
how how sick our culture really is. I mean, you know? the, the, there was probably, they've already gotten a taste of the fact that they're going to be on billboards, they're going to be on TV. And the money. A lot um, of people will do a lot of things for fame. The guys know, yeah, well, I mean, they're, it's going to turn them, they'll become e-celebrities overnight. It'll yeah. start a career. At the very least, they're going to be able to to be able to make a career on social media. If yeah. this was younger women, they would have, they'd be able to start Twitch careers right away and, and start streaming and make money off of it. Ugh. Like it's literally just, it's using the perverse nature of the establishment to build your career off of your own child. This same woman said uh, to other female contestants, sorry ladies, I might be sleeping with your son. Mm. And her son tells her to chill out. How do they know? What By the way, this is, this is the same person who says she was uh. lied to. Yeah. yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's like, clear. do I really feel bad for you if you stayed after that? Like you're basically willing to sell your it's, soul. It's so weird and like, I just uh, like what kind of disgusting the, deviant women do you need to find who would be willing to stay after they find yeah. out what this is about and it I really mean, is the sons all, thing I the think the sons being there it's yeah. just you're literally selling them off to other older single moms it was I think 42 to 60 is the age range it would be one thing if it was a show about like parents picking dates for their kids of that the correct age yeah. like that would be one thing if you if you got like yeah. if the moms were picking out girls for their sons like, today that might be an interesting show show yeah. you know like but th and this is weird everyone would see i think if this were dilf den or whatever yeah. that no dad who truly cares about his daughter would pawn her off to some other man his own yeah. age or older yeah. that's insane also, like i'm i'm 25 the idea of dating somebody who's 18 or 19 to me is really weird like i i can't imagine being you know 40 and dating like a 22 year old i'm not even saying it's creepy in like a predatory yeah. way it's just it's creepy in a way that like an older person's sexuality just was never meant to be thrust literally <laughs> thrust upon pu the public like this that's it's genuinely a disgusting thing that should be private you it's know because like, of yeah. uh, plastic surgery in the way that we've tried to extend youth in this country yeah like i saw this woman that i think it's a model or an actress or something She's 64 and she celebrated her 64th birthday. She took this photo of herself in a bikini. Now, look, she looks great. I'm not saying she doesn't. She looks great for her age and just in general. But her, her caption is, 60 is the new 40. Okay. Like, I, I just don't think that's a very dignified response to Honestly, aging or approaching your deathbed. It's not, like, Donna it's not what you think it is donna dorico or whatever from baywatch uh is still smoking hot and she's like in her mid 50s now. i mean no one's jennifer no Aniston. one is saying that you can't be attractive yeah. at an older age yeah. it's just like oh marianne williamson do you kinda... need to cope that much about it <laughs> the, you know you know it is what it is uh but i can't i can't approve that here guys don't worry that's uh that's not a slight on lauren bobert leave it with, with lauren bobert all the way for me it's uh <laughs> Though I think she, she might and actually by be older, I'm not saying like women in their 30s or 40s. <laughs> yeah. Even these women are in yeah. their 50s and 60s. Yeah, that's that's the weird. You're you're literally an age that you should have been a grandmother and a great grandmother by now. If we lived in a sane society, and instead you're selling yourself and humiliating yourself, trying to still hold on to that sexual appeal and power that you had when you were younger, and I think this is also like something we're not really willing to recognize these days but young women do have power because they're young and beautiful and that is why when they engage in relationships with older men it's far more equitable than 
a lot of people are willing to recognize because he has power in other ways and she has power in her own ways. And it's why it's people, a transactional um, relationship, which I don't endorse, but it's a fact. And people are still having to come to terms with the fact that as they age, like you, uh, the men age into their resources and the women age out of their beauty in a lot of ways when it comes to that, uh, that and that's, world. That's when you're at a stage in your life when you should be valuable to like a village, a community, a yeah. family, a huge extended family. And they just don't have that anymore. These are single mothers with one maybe two children who are adults already yeah and they clearly are just like floundering for to have a place in society that that matters and they don't have it which one is creepier uh milf manor or uh brother husbands milf manor yeah yeah it's milf manor definitely That's... i mean both are creepy obviously but when you start like pushing incest and almost like it's not pedophilia but if you have literally like nursed this child yeah. This person came out of your own womb and you have known like your child is your child forever. How yeah. can you how can you even look at them that way? It's it's just it's very very odd. Because it's the western world and we're slowly collapsing under our own stupidity. That's why. Uh, yeah. All right, exactly. we got some super chats there, Mary. <laughs> this one's funny. Chris Chan said, "Hey, did, did you hear about me being released from prison?" Um oh. <laughs> Is this Andrew Tate on his, his alt That account? could be his alt account. <laughs> his burner. <laughs> uh, no tax, good tax. I like the name. Said, good. my wife and I have been watching X-Files. We were going to watch just the anthology, but the monsters are so much fun. Yep. Look, that's, it's one of those shows. It's, everything comes together with the X-Files. And I didn't find it. I, I was too young when the X-Files came out to appreciate it. I mean, it came out in 1993. I was, I was born in 1986, so I wasn't even that old when it came out. But I discovered it years later. And there's just something about the atmosphere that's built up through Mark Snow's music in that show. And also the other thing that I was trying to explain to people is like, because of the internet, there is no great mystery to explore uh, to, to the average person, right? They're going to these small towns where every one of these little towns has its own deep, dark secret yep. that they then have to explore. Because of the internet, because of all of the ways that we've illuminated society, that doesn't hit the same way mm -hmm. that it does. Like, it won't work if you try to bring it back. But go ahead and keep watching it all the way up through season six or seven. After that, watch with your like once you get into season eight Mulder's no longer a regular watch at your own at your mm -hmm. own risk Hoover trooper said convince my bf to watch sawyer get back to class okay Martin. Oh, also did you know here, here's a here's mm -hmm. a fun fact i mentioned this in the episode the other day that there was a show based on three side characters in the x-files called the lone gunman Okay, so the, the lone gunmen are three conspiracy theorists that are friends with Mulder, and they got their own spinoff show. And the pilot episode, five months before it happened, they had uh, the pilot episode featured uh, uh, like a commercial jetliner getting hijacked and flown into the World Trade Center. Six months before it actually happened. Mm -hmm. On a show about conspiracy theorists. Yikes. I think that, okay, there are a lot of people who think that 9-11 was predicted in Johnny Bravo. Really? Have you seen that? No. I... Huh? And, a, and a lot of cartoons, actually. I, I do think a lot of people forget, though, that the there was time. an attack on the World Trade Center buildings earlier in the 90s. Yep. And a lot of people are like, oh, my God. Like, no, it was a target. Like, we, we knew people were targeting the World Trade Center. So, you know, I, yeah. 
Also, like the you know, jet fuel doesn't necessarily melt steel beams, but it does reduce their integrity. Just <laughs> saying, just like, saying, it does reduce their integrity. It's uh, building seven is the one that has me lost. Seven. Like, <laughs> like the the twin towers, you know, the planes crashed into them. They they weren't really airliner proof, but building seven, why why that one? Just saying, just <laughs> that's saying. weird. Martin Santiago said, I need to know the day in which Brett intends on using those pickup lines on women in the wild. When? 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 <laughs> when? Not, not HCB. Um, yeah, I don't know if Brett has an answer to that, but... I'm, you know, not going to a, I'm not going to a movie theater and asking random women, I thought you can't bring snacks inside. Or whatever no, it was. You, you're not saying it right. I'm, I'm just saying <laughs> it like, what was hey, it? Hey, I thought snacks weren't allowed yeah, in the theater. Yeah. Oh yeah. my god. Well, I have to Oppenheimer with me. Yeah. I have to. I, I've had to do this for like almost two years now, but I have to. Uh, it was a donation goal that we hit for our, our show. I have to get a make when Dussy great again hat and yeah. I have to wear it into a hot topic. So the goth girls will degrade me. <laughs> That's amazing. This, the sad part is goth girls aren't in hot topic. I know. Where the hell am I going to go these days? <laughs> like, where You're going to see they thems in hot topic now. Uh you like, have to go on. You have to go on Twitch streams to find. I'm just gonna put a, a call out on Facebook, like advertise it within 50 miles first. of Philadelphia. Just be like, <laughs> go on Craigslist and be like, goth girls need it. Exactly. <laughs> and uh, then, and then you have to wonder why the hell any goth girl is on Craigslist. That's the yeah. Real that's part. the real sussy part. Uh, like you'd be better I, off putting it on Tinder. I had one of my uh, one of my responsibilities when I worked for a property management company was putting up listings of our apartments on craigslist i never want to go on that website ever again (laughs) (laughs) yeah i like went to the um like apparel like clothing and apparel and accessories section and just immediately saw a crossdresser it's just immediately (laughs) like i know you didn't need to model that Uh, Clef the Misfit said, why are you so concerned looking up the Epstein flight log on company Wi-Fi? Y'all remember Luke used to work at the Cass uh, Castle, That's a good right? point. That's a fair point. True. I am so sad Not, that I didn't get to meet Luke time. at any point. Yeah. I love Luke. <laughs> <laughs> Disco Jensen said, get your kicks watching Support Court and endeavor to be better than the baby mamas and baby daddies on it. Okay. I've never seen support court. Uh, I spoke to somebody recently who was on one of those shows. Oh. The way they do those shows is really interesting because they are real cases, but the people on the show are not the real plaintiff oh. and defendant. They're actors. Okay. So they take real court cases, dramatize them, script them, and put them on TV. That's and, really smart. Yeah, which I think is, you know... I, I although the other thing is like I would so love to see a real one of those where you just take two completely nuts people yeah. and just throw them up there on TV and see what happens. Yeah. Let justice be done. I said that like Springer and Maury aren't really what they used to be cuz no one cares who the father is now. It doesn't matter. <laughs> oh, no. I mean, they'll just pick a random guy. Oh no. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> Christian said, "Hey Aiden, are you and Wendy are going to search for those floating orbs of light again i i would love to go down and look for the the orbs <laughs> i think he's he's uh referring to a a video that wendigoon made last fall brown mountain lights i want to say green mountain lights something like that uh basically there's uh th- there's been sightings of these weird orbs in like appalachia but okay. I, I would love to personally. <laughs> Do one more and then we'll move on. 
Steve Ryman said, everything in moderation, including moderation, Oscar Wilde. Sometimes you have to have that moment or period of excess to keep the doldrums away. Okay. That's true. All right, Mary. Uh, let's move on and talk about Florence Pugh, shall we? Yeah. Uh, so I saw this story where Florence Pugh talked about her experience uh, in Midsummer playing the character Danny. And she basically said that she abused herself in order to complete this performance. And I see that something more being praised than actually criticized. Uh, because they see it as uh, sacrificing for the art. Yeah, it's like what yeah. what level of dedication do you have to your craft? Yeah. And it really turns into like who can degrade themselves the most as uh, like a and the directors like show of loyalty to, to yeah to Hollywood and to yeah. directors who have inflated egos. <laughs> I I will say I I, I watched the movie uh, and I have never had a movie leave me that speechless before. Um, not for necessarily it was a it was. It was a, a technically good movie. It was just so deeply unsettling that I, I didn't come away from it feeling like I gained something. But um, I think I think she's more talking about the mental illness aspect than anything else because her character is supposed to play somebody who has just, you know, witnessed her entire family die and, you know, her, her boyfriend or husband, I forget if they're married or not, um, is treating her terribly yeah. and they go on this retreat and then she gets, you know, forced into abusing drugs and, like, all this crazy stuff. Um, like I see where I see where she might be coming from with it, but like that that movie was definitely one of the weird ones. I mean, Ari Aster is the director on this. I have seen Hereditary. I've not seen Midsummer. I think I've seen all I needed to see. And if anything convinces me that some movies that come out of Hollywood are cursed, um, and the people who watch them are thereby cursed by watching them, that would be yeah. it. I, I'm being so serious. Like, oh, yeah. I, I don't mean it as, like, hyperbole. I mean, like, literally, I, it would not surprise me if uh, movies like that, especially directed by Ari Aster, did have, like, curses put upon them. Yeah. Um, maybe you believe in the validity of those or not, but the intent is clear. I think. And yeah. I don't think you can walk away from a movie like Midsummer having gained anything, like you said. At, at the very most generous for movies like that, you can say that the goal was to unsettle people, which it certainly I guess that's succeeded. the goal of any horror movie, yeah. but I think it goes further than that. Yeah, it I was... think it's about, like, almost... It's not just, like... It's like, you know, you can say Seeking Brother Husband. That, that definitely is coarsening the culture. But it's, like, doing more than that um, when you're framing it as, like, this high art, you know? You're dulling the moral sensibilities of the people who are watching it who, I'm sorry, are like 105 IQ, and they don't know if there's a meaning to what they're watching or not, nor do they care. They're just watching it and becoming increasingly amoral. People, uh, there was a couple of comments during the segment yesterday when we were talking about Brooke Shields and everything that happened to Brooke Shields when she was 10 years old on Pretty Baby. And younger. And younger. And talking about um, a lot of things in the 80s and 90s and before were done that were unspeakable in the name of what they would call high art. Uh, mm -hmm. And they were, excuses were made and passed off and saying, well, it's okay because it's art. Uh, and that's a hard thing for a lot of people to push back on in today's culture because then they just say, oh, you don't understand it. You don't get it. I think the Brooke that's Shields one. That's the easiest, one, the most Shields intellectually one, lazy way to dismiss people's criticism. The, the Brooke Shields one is easier to, 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 
push back on now. Sure, yeah. But uh, yeah. something like this is obviously different, and I think a lot of people uh, tend to give these people the benefit of the doubt. They say, oh, look, it's a big-name director. He must know what he's doing. He must have... Uh, I don't even know if the average person would say they have good intentions, but they would say that their intentions are not bad, that their intentions are just artistic. And that's how they get away with it. It's just like, I don't see it as an endeavor of like, uh, you know, artistic skill because A24 is just Marvel, but for people who wear beanies and circular glasses, like it's just, it's a soulless corporation. I live in Williamsburg. Yeah, yeah, it's like, it's not, it's not that deep, you know, like the people watching these movies aren't smart the average person isn't smart and even if you are it just means you're better at rationalizing everything you do it did also do a bit of a disservice to like you know the people in both people in my field and also you know people who are practicing norse pagans they do still exist and there's some of them that actually do it correctly uh there's a lot that don't um i hate to tell everybody but wicca was invented in the 1950s so that a guy could sleep with you um that (laughs) that is what wicca is look into it Okay. Um, I'm trying to remember uh, Andrew Gardner I want to say is the guy's name um, but like it, it presents you know Norse society pre-Christianity as being this really weird like sacrificial incestuous kind of thing and it, it it's not it's not historically I think the movie does do a decent job of telling you this is a very specific cult mm-hmm. but I think it could have been a little bit more you know yeah. they could have applied more pressure to that that part of it because otherwise what you get is like you know oh well swedish hillbillies are worse than american ones yeah. apparently like i'd rather just have the the not high art version of it there's a television show called the following about serial killer cults that's fantastic mm-hmm. that's that doesn't present itself as high art it's literally just uh 10 p.m plus network television violence done in a way with giving giving great performances by James Purefoy and Kevin Bacon but it's not like it's presented to you like it's supposed to be high art though it is in uh, ironically enough one of the best uses I made a tweet yesterday about one of the most important things about movies and television is when they're able to meld music and uh, cinema together into good montages and stuff like that or good use of music in, in television and the following is one of the best examples of that I'm okay with that like that that doesn't bother me like and I don't know if it's necessarily helping the culture I don't think it's making the culture anything better but I don't think you're gonna look for any of this stuff from Hollywood and find stuff that's making the culture better but that there would are, be a, there are definitely repeat offenders uh, oh know? as far as the people making the material yeah. you're saying like Ari Aster being someone who yeah. does that repeatedly also, also to clear it up it was Gerald Gardner Okay. That started oh. Wicca, just to be clear. Okay. <laughs> um, pop that in there. So Florence Pugh said, I never played someone that was in that much pain before, and I would put myself in really shitty situations that maybe other actors don't need to do. But I would just be imagining the worst day, worst things. Each day, the content would be getting more weird and harder to do. I was putting things in my head that were getting worse and more bleak. I think by the end, I probably most definitely abused my own self in order to get that performance. And this is just something that is praised rather than being viewed with a critical eye. Now, back in the day, if they were telling a true story about something that actually happened to someone and they felt like they were uh, presenting yeah. to you a realistic depiction of something awful that happened someone to someone so that they could better bring that person's story to the forefront, would you have less of a problem with it? I mean... Uh, if it's shown in the same <laughs> level of, of detail, it might actually be worse because you're... <laughs> cheapening what someone else has experienced by making it into a, basically a pornographic film. I mean, 
there, that was definitely honest. i don't know if you've if you saw that that scene from midsummer but there, there is yes there is i mean it's basically yeah it's an totally R-word. unnecessary it's an r-word scene that is totally yeah unnecessarily graphic prolonged and i've said it many times in the show i don't support the use of of nudity or graphic sexuality in any show or movie it never adds to anything in in the project other than shock value that's all it is yeah and i'm tired of like being brushed off as not understanding art because i say that if anything the people who use sex scenes instead of uh going to the effort of like veiling those things and and progressing the plot they're the ones who don't understand art I've I've written a few scenes and or a few uh a few scripts and at no point have I ever included a sex scene. Like I and at no point have I ever felt like it would add to the story. Mm-hmm. There's just never been a point where I where I, you know, was writing and I was like, yeah, this this needs nudity. You know. And in addition to Ari Aster, there are showrunners like Sam Levinson of Euphoria. And we were talking about him recently because he had written this script for a show that is kind of in limbo right now and like pre-production hell is what they call it. Because it's been rejected so many times, he's added these extremely perverse, extremely disturbing scenes that are just, they're completely unnecessary. And I can't imagine that somebody who's not dangerous would even think these things up. He's he's writing these scenes where Mm. this actress, no exaggeration, has to hold an egg in her vaginal cavity. Mm. And if she drops it, uh, then... This this guy who is her like evil you know Hollywood producer will quote refuse to R word her and then she has to beg for him to R word her. The hell? Yeah, he wrote this scene and then you know we're that's just not ex- something that like a healthy mind writes. No, that's not. Yeah, exactly. I wouldn't want to be around that person. I, I've written some dark shit. Or is it something that, like that. that an unhealthy mind? rights to deal with the fact that they understand that their mind is not healthy yeah well then there's the the fact that you if you are struggling with mental illness and you're writing as a way to get your thoughts out so they don't dwell inside your mind which is is something i can understand you know write it down but maybe don't try to sell it or release it or force other people to see it like but it's just like he's throwing his weight around with the studio because he's a moneymaker for them and he can just, you know, broadcast his weird pornographic imaginations uh, onto the public. And I just think that um, to, to bill that as, like, high art is just such a joke, yeah. you know? Yeah. And I found this other story um, from related to Game of Thrones from Amelia Clark, where in kind of a disturbingly lighthearted way, she said that she needed to drink alcohol to get through a scene mm-hmm. where she was getting R-worded in the show. And uh, she was just like, all I needed was vodka and some flattering lighting and I was ready to go. Um, and that just makes it sound like she's joking around, she's laughing, whatever. But it's actually a big deal. And she, she did eventually <laughs> ask for no more nude scenes. Yeah. I think by season five, she had yeah. in her contract. And uh, mm-hmm. what's his name? Uh, Penn Badgley, the guy from You? Yeah. He also did the we same thing. About that too. Which I am liking that actors are starting to push back a little bit against these unnecessary scenes because, you know, on the one hand, if you've got two characters who are, who are in love in a show, then you might show some sort of passionate scene. But you don't need to go as far as a lot of these TV shows do where it's verging on pornography. Yeah. You know, you can... You Especially can, if it's violent. Yeah. You know who did a really good job recently with it? Star Wars. And the show Andor. 
Oh, really? There, yeah. there is a scene where it definitely implies that these two characters, uh, you know, go to bed together, but sure. you don't see anything aside from them, you know, kissing, and then one of the characters takes off their shirt, and after that, it cuts to black and goes to the next scene. Like, you know what happened, you get it, it tells you that part of the story, it's necessary. The only reason I have ever heard from actual producers and writers as to why sex scenes are necessary in movies and TV shows has nothing to do with the plot. It is entirely that sex sells. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so, you know. a, uh, a lot of networks, if they're, if they're on um, pay for cable, meaning like Showtime yeah. or HBO, they have mandated numbers of them because they know that, that that does big bucks. And as streaming becomes more popular, all of them are essentially like that now because they're behind a paywall. Just yeah. like, just like HBO was, just like Cinemax was. Platforms. Look, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna admit right now, one of my favorite shows is Banshee, and Banshee has tons of unnecessary sex scenes that I don't, that I usually like fast forward through because it just, it doesn't advance the plot. What it's done in the show, and I understand why it's there, is that there is a certain amount of kind of grimy gratuit there's a grimy gratuitous nature to the production of the show given the subject matter uh the themes of the show it makes sense so i i'm not uh in any way saying that that makes it okay i don't like i said i in a lot of ways i would i would rather they didn't put them in there most of the time but that's for me it's mainly because of runtime like you're just using up story for something that i believe Mm -hmm. could easily be worked around in a show like that the goal was to make the show feel grimier and more real by mm-hmm. showing something like yeah. that. And it's very pulp and fits that way. By the way, guys, I probably mentioned it before. You can take that as today's uh, Brett Recommends would be Banshee. It is on HBO Max. Also, if I haven't ever said it before, do go watch Mortal Kombat Conquest. It is one of the worst shows you will ever watch. And it is fantastic. And then go on YouTube and there's this guy who does reviews of them where he reviews both the original and the director's cut where somehow he has like access to the director's cuts that still have like the time code at the bottom. And he shows you like where the sound is cut in and everything. It's fantastic. So those are your recommends for the week. You're nerding out. Yes. (laughs) Um, I think like with the idea that sex sells I really I don't get it because the majority of the sentiment I've seen about it is like it makes me uncomfortable whether I'm watching it with friends or family or I'm alone I don't like that's I see a lot of people saying like it's really getting too much it's getting gratuitous and it's not because they have Puritan values or anything it's just also, like, just watching a show or a movie these days has become not a communal experience yeah. anymore. And this is part of it, for sure. Well, it's, it isn't a communal experience yeah. anymore. Everyone watches stuff in their rooms and their phones. I, yeah. I will say every time there's, like, a big show, like uh, like House of the Dragon or something, me and my friends do try and... Like, <clears throat> when Game of Thrones was on, when we were in high school, we would get together every every time there was a new episode or we'd, like, let them stack up so we could binge. We'd order a couple of pizzas from Domino's. We'd sit down with some sodas yeah. and, like, have a, you know, have a whole night of it. So, like, I miss that, but... I think I, I think another aspect of the whole sex sells thing, though, is that like, yeah, sure, you know, a lot of people feel uncomfortable about it. But the thing is, there is a consistent number of people yeah. who, when you make a movie or a TV show and it's got graphic sexuality in it, will come back and watch it. So you're going for a baseline there. You could write a very good script. There are a lot of phenomenal movies that have absolutely none of that in them. But here's the thing. There's also a lot of really a lot of movies that did really poorly that don't have that in them. So for a lot of studios, they might see a script that they're like, eh, I'm like 50-50 on this. Add a sex scene to it and I'll make it. Or like, if it doesn't do well and it doesn't have sex scenes, they'll scapegoat the fact exactly. that it doesn't have sex scenes. It's, it's, it's shitty writing. That's it. Yeah, I, th- I think 
like nudity and sexuality in a show or, or a movie to an extent is something I will only tolerate from it. It's not something I'll ever search out in it. Uh, also, I want to point out that a lot of people have been mentioning, it's, it's a very common argument when we talk about reboots and all that stuff. They say that Hollywood has no new ideas. I actually don't agree with that because they get millions of scripts all mm -hmm. the time. There is constantly new stuff being given to them that they just won't run because they can't market it easily and mm -hmm. more cheaply. So yep. I actually don't think that that's true, that they do have the ideas. They just don't want to spend the money to market those ideas. Oh, 100%. So. That's Absolutely. why they made a D&D &D movie. Yeah. Well, no, like, we can is. get the D&D &D fans to watch the movie. That's that's the way it is. Like for, for them, there's all sorts of new scripts. And the only person that's allowed to do that now is Christopher Nolan. Mm -hmm. uh, he, he's allowed to, to make his own types of movies. There are, Obviously, there are other directors that are allowed yeah. to do that. But on television, you know, it's, it's easier to just say, make him naked and uh, let them have sex and we'll pretend like it's high art. Also, I, I found this study when I was researching for today. There are 108 minutes of nudity in Game of Thrones as a whole. <laughs> so long. Seven penises, uh, 28 vaginas, 60 butts, and 134 breasts. And wow. I, just, I thought it would be funny if Wait, there were an odd number of okay, breasts. Is there it would be really funny <laughs> if there were an odd number of breasts. Four sets of breasts or total breasts? I need to that know. Would, that would Clarify. only be, like, that would only that, be what, 60-some? That's not even that many. I, some? Now, now, are we talking? I'm not good like, at math. Is it like 300? Individual breasts. Like, I need, to know. need to know. And, and also, I need to know, how do I get the job to be the person who counted that? Like, who is the person? 76 people? Yeah, they also um, rated like, it seventh of all time in the number of nude scenes in any TV series. The hell has more? One is, <laughs> okay, it's it's number one, Shameless. Oh, number yeah. Number two, True Blood. Number three, The Girls Next Door. Number four, The L Word. Five, Masters of Sex. Six, Girls. I am surprised that Masters of Sex is fifth, given the name of the given show. Given the name, yeah. <laughs> I've, never think, right? I've never watched True Blood. Is True Blood worth it's watching? Like some vampire show. No, yeah, I know, was, I know, I I know people who watched it and liked it. I've never seen it. I think that's the one with Joe Manganiello. So but now I have got, a never watch list. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Here, the funny thing is, is like there are shows I'm not. I I I have a little bit more leeway in this, right? Like I'll watch the shows that have this stuff in it. I love Power. Oh, Power same. has tons of nudity in it. I love Banshee. Has tons of nudity in it. But I just fast forward. I mean, even for me, The Witcher was too much. Yeah. It's just over the top. Yeah. And I, am, I admit that I have like a lower tolerance for it than everybody else. But yeah. they're, I think it's just so obviously intentional and it's never necessary and it never edifies the show or, or the viewer. Yeah. Uh, and True Detective season one had some, uh, it was not super over the top in True Detective season one and seemed to fit the storyline. So th there are examples of it where it's it's less it's less uh, less bad. Also, I, I did um, find the quote where Amelia Clark said she had to fight with the showrunners about sex scenes and nudity at the end because I saw in the same study they showed the number of sex scenes went down every season mm -hmm. until the end of the show because people just because get... you, you just reach a, a limit you know well, psychologically the, the actors as they get more screen time they develop more um, clout back and they get more power so they can start saying no and that's telling yeah. you're pressuring people with less experience into doing these things well, you're giving them an easy, uh, you're giving to, them, you're saying like, here, sell your soul right. if you want more power. So she said she got more savvy to like telling there's, showrunners what she's comfortable with. There's a $20 one right there. Uh, is this Ryle Kittenhouse? <laughs> <laughs> he said, Brett is Brett take king? 
Brett is Brett take king. Okay. I, I don't know what this means. Is that like a ch- is, is, is that like Brett? is that my own version uh, is of chess? He, is he saying Brett is breathtaking? Breath. Oh, that's Maybe. even better. Is if that so, what that means? If so, that's, I'm, you know what? I'm just playing. What's take. that? What's that game where you have to like they give you a card and it has like syllables or words on? It, you got to figure out what it is. That's what I'm doing with this. Yeah. Like I'm gonna I'm gonna just assume that that's what he meant. Because it's nice. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's nice, chats. right? Yes. Yeah, it makes you feel good. I Jeez. like that the person right below him is Theoden, King of Brohan. <laughs> that is beautiful. That is a beautiful username. All right, let's go to Super Chats, Mary. Bobcat said, can you milk a Wendigo? Uh, I, no, I would not recommend that. No. Um, I, even if that's anatomically possible, it sounds extraordinarily dangerous. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Jack Garcia said, about to die in a tornado, but I'll watch as long as I can. Don't die, my friend. Get Yikes. to safety. Get to safety. <laughs> I hope you're kidding. It's kind of funnier if he's not. Old Warrior 34 said, woman drops her wallet, just keep it. That was the, uh, <laughs> that was, from when yeah. you were talking about the lady in the park. She didn't yeah. drop her wallet. Like, let's be realistic here. And all of this stuff is so plausible. In the video she gives you, though, she doesn't give you any context about what happened aside from man approached me, though. Like, yeah. Later on, she confer- she clarifies, but it's like, you could have done that in the original, you know? <laughs> yeah. This is why women need to be accompanied by their husbands. Speaking of Theodon, king of Brohan, he says in the chat, Brett is the king of Brett takes. I don't know what that means, but it feels like an Brett insult. Brett takes. feels what like is, an insult. What is a Brett take, guys? It's like a very bad, poorly worded, horribly done take that nobody likes. Mm. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> That's your assumption. That's my assumption. Johnny Beck sent us a thumbs up. Thank you. X said her son won't hate himself, but he'll be very shy. I, just, I don't know, man. If she's she's raising him to be very, very, very uh, weary of who he is as yeah. a man. Like, unless you're telling me that she's going to be able to divorce that mindset from the entirety of her ability to raise that kid, I don't see a way where this kid comes out of it not at least a little bit self-conscious about who he is. Unknown said we all know she hit his car parking. <laughs> so true. Uh, been there. Like she like the she opened the door. She's like she doesn't even As work. a woman. Also somebody else there. pointed somebody else pointed out because of the parking lot she was in in the video. They're like, you wear red to a target, you got it coming. <laughs> oh, excuse, like, me, excuse me, ma'am. Yeah, that's a good point. I have curbside pickup. Yep. <laughs> Chris Chan said, or try to find that missing kid again, the one who might be kidnapped by Bigfoot. Is uh, there a kid bi- ki- kidnapped by Bigfoot? Or I think he's talking about Dennis Martin, um, who was he went missing in uh, the 1960s. I want to say 19. I was saying, I want to say it was Father's Day weekend, 1969, that he went missing. Um, Great Smoky Mountain National Park. His dad looked away from the like. Basically, he and his brother were hiding in a bush because they were trying to scare their parents. They were on a big family camping trip, and uh, he was hiding next to his brother. And his dad knew where he was, and the, you know. He looked away for a second when he called everyone back in. His brother, Dennis's brother, came back, but Dennis didn't, and they looked all over the park and couldn't find him. Green Berets were there at one point. Hmm. Somebody said footnapped. Not even a body. Not even a body. Found nothing. Uh, All there was was a couple of footprints um, leading into a creek. One had a shoe. One did not have a shoe. And the FBI said that uh, because the shoe print was too small to be Dennis's, it must not have been him. Um. Mm. Thank you. I mean, I trust the FBI as far as I can throw the J. Edgar Hoover building, so. so. One of my favorite take, like, things to talk about on here is how I love cop and military shows, even though I know they're all essentially propaganda. <laughs> yeah. They are, like, the highest form of propaganda that can be made, that there's just some selfless guy out there fighting for justice for the average man. Like, it, at, a, at an agency as corrupting as any type of American armed law enforcement could be. 
not really possible, but you know, I like to pretend like it is. Yeah. X said, why do they add an X to folks? It's neutral. Uh, because <laughs> just the same reason why they... Uh, Latinx? Yeah. That well, one makes me so annoyed. When, when somebody mentioned that Latina they were Latina or Latino is gender. When they mentioned that they were making... Uh, uh, what, that Ryan Coogler, the director of Black Panther, was going to be doing the X-Files. Somebody goes to the Malcolm X-Files. Oh, my God. That and is then, a pretty fun, then, that's a pretty funny joke. I'm not gonna lie. Said the the Latin X Files. It I mean, you, you have to make X Files with white people because who else is willing to endanger their lives? That is kind of the stereotype, <laughs> isn't it? Is the only only white people do these things? Right, exactly. <laughs> have, or have you seen the meme where it shows all of the race swap characters and it gets to Tarzan and it goes, "I dare you." Yeah. yeah. I dare you, Bl Disney. No. Like, you like black people, way too it. smart, way too smart to do the stuff we do. <laughs> they were saying that with the Little Mermaid. They're like, the chances of this happening in the ocean is just—it's not realistic. Disco oh. Jensen said, incels recognize the privilege women have, betting it's a big reason for the flood of trans-identifying. Uh, as far as what now? Um, uh, Basically, oh, incels, incels are becoming, becoming transgender because they believe that women have privileges that MTF. they do not as men. Well, maybe we should, uh, like what they're saying is, look, if you want to go break a sporting record, you just, uh, do you see the guy who broke the powerlifting record? That's one example. But, yeah, I mean, you got to realize, like, you're never going to be treated like women are. Nope. If you, no, 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 you're gonna you're gonna be treated even better because they have to walk on eggshells around you twenty four seven for fear of upsetting you and scaring you. Which on the surface you want, but it actually makes you feel like you're oh, subhuman. No, a lot of them want it because a lot of them are power. I think a lot of people are power hungry now, and the, the, there Some are of them, yeah. there are legitimate people that have gender dysphoria that are going through something in their lives that have found a calling yeah. to who they are. But I think that there's just as many. It's it's naive <clears throat> to believe that there aren't bad actors who look at something like this and say. I can have access to a woman's bathroom. Mm -hmm. Sign me up is what they're going to say. So like at the yeah. University I, I, of Wyoming, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's definitely a, a a a number of people who have legitimate gender dysphoria and are, you know, yeah. there there is something there. They are transgender in in the sense that that means what it does mean. I do think there are also other people who, you know, if you look at it throughout the last 20, 30 years with the internet, you've got, you know, furries for example. You've got all sorts of different, you know, I, I don't. I'm not trying There's to use this in a, in a negative term, in a negative connotation. But you've got all sorts of you know, quote unquote, deviant uh, lifestyles and cultures that have cropped up because of the internet. Because yeah. you, now you know something that you would never have said to your circle of friends. You're sitting around having a beer. Nobody's ever going to go. Yeah, I mean, I feel like I was born in the wrong body. I'm actually a wolf. That's not. You would never do that. But on the internet, on yeah. 4chan, where you're behind a series of numbers, nobody will ever know your identity. You can go and say that. And I think that for a lot of people who are seeking belonging. Some of these communities, whether it be furries or you know being, what's being the other transgender one? or something not, like not, that, not not furries. What's the other one? Other kid. Other, yeah. There's a, there's an amazing video I've referenced this before from a YouTuber named a Dose of Buckley. Yeah. It's, called, it's about other kids. I love called, I love a Dose of Buckley. Uh, the, I I didn't follow him once he started talking about politics. That kind of ruined it for me for him. But uh, he has a video called "You're Weird and That's Okay." Mm -hmm. Like <laughs> like it's, yeah. it's fantastic. Like yeah, a I'm lot of people are just looking for acceptance. Like. Yeah. <laughs> Like and that video is like seven or eight years old now. That video is very old. I'm surprised there's another, good point. another person who knows a dose of Buckley. Yeah. Besides me. he used to have a ten worst songs. Yeah, that was how I found year. him. We used to watch um, it on New Year's Eve, and he would because he's a DJ, and he would just do a thing where he he just he counts on the ten worst songs of the year, and it became like his highest video because all throughout the year you do what are called musical autopsies, where you take like horrible pop songs and talk tell mm -hmm. you why they're so bad, and then he has he has his worst songs list. Yeah, yep. I love those. Yep. Steve Ryman said nobody goes out of their way to try to identify as white well michael jackson 
Uh, that uh, is Sa not What about true. Sammy Sosa? Didn't Sammy Sosa bleach his skin? No idea. I'm pretty sure Sammy Sosa bleached his skin. Uh, also, let's hold off on the last. I just want to talk really quickly about the Massey twins. The story. Uh, the oh, story will anger any and all um, hot women loving libertarians out there, ladies and gentlemen. I don't know. These women it's, aren't super. I like hot that the title has yet. tax man. In I know. It. I know. It's my favorite part. Like okay. <laughs> Whether you find them hot or not, let's just say um, OnlyFans. Miles, tax man threatens twin OnlyFans sisters <sighs> with ban after seizing bank account. Not Government, the incest again. Go. go Government overreach at its finest, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, their names are Jessica and Sarah Massey, and unfortunately, Jessica Massey went to the government and they were like, you owe taxes. She's like, how much? She's like, we can't tell you. And then she paid and it wasn't enough. Uh, and they, they closed her bank account. And this is what happens when you get uh, a lot of money very quickly and you don't understand that, you know, when you work for yourself, Dude, taxes are a, a scam. That's what I think when I see all of these idiot bimbos doing OnlyFans. They make a lot of money at first and they don't know how to do their taxes yeah. they're gonna go to jail you know not gonna lie the I thought also don't know how to do my taxes <laughs> like as a content creator yeah. taxes are the bane of my existence yeah. like the, the the thoughtening will actually be when they all go to jail for the tax thoughtening <laughs> Will be when they all go to jail for tax oh, evasion. Yeah. Uh, the sisterly duo told the outlet that Jessica no longer has her bank account or any money after they spent a lot of cash renovating their home, uh, and they spent it in the past. And unfortunately, the tax man. She. I like her admit, and she goes, "We were a little lost in it." She says. Like, like, I was like, "I don't think you understand just how serious the government takes taking your money." Yeah. Even the Canadian government, which I also yeah. like that this article, because this is a Dick Serto article, they throw shade at Justin Trudeau, which is my favorite part of it, uh, where they says, uh, it's not uncommon to see OnlyFans models, uh, OnlyFans drama make headlines. This past year alone, we've seen preschool teachers getting fired, models arrested for murder. That was the Courtney... Uh, the one in um, the one in Miami, right? Uh, and it says no one likes paying yes. their taxes, especially when money is spent on Justin Trudeau's family vacations. But one of the Montreal-based twins is in hot water after not paying the correct amount. And this is what the government does, right? They're like, uh, "You owe us money," and you're like, "Okay, can you tell me how much I owe you?" They're like, <laughs> "No, like yeah. you have to figure it out." I mean, they, they seem to have a very easy option in front of them, which is just moving a few hundred miles south. Getting uh, like, to, yeah. no, we don't need those frost backs in our country. Keep the frost. I will that. Yes, that is the listen. Thing. The Canadians are our poor brothers and sisters no. and cousins, and they need to be liberated. They're from, basically, French they need people. to be liberated from the son of Fidel Castro, who is ruling over them at this moment. <laughs> this lady could do a couple of scenes with a mountie, and it would be fantastic. You, the you name ever, is right on the name. Okay, is actually, the, I, I mean this in the most sincere way from everything I have seen doing research on missing persons cases, the, the Canadian. Royal Canadian Mounted Police are actually worse than the FBI at their jobs. Wow! That's amazing. <laughs> it's uh, incredible. In incompetence or just being evil? It's hard to say because both of them crop up, but like, <laughs> there there was this one case we researched recently, a guy named Bart Schleier who went uh, missing in uh, God, the Yukon or the Northwest Territory. He, he was up there. Um, and he was supposed to be camping and hunting moose for two weeks. This guy was a guy who his job was to track and tag Siberian tigers. He was not the kind of guy that like gets snuck up on by a moose. The he went missing. He was missing for two weeks. The police went up there. They searched for about half an hour. Were like, ah, well, he's not here, and went home. Two of his friends had to fly in mm. to this lake, land on the lake in a float plane. It took them less than an hour to find him to find some of his remains. And so they had to call the Royal Canadian Mounted Police and be like, hey guys, 
did you search? <laughs> and they're just like, we're busy, sorry. Yeah, and they were like, ah, you know, I don't, I don't really know. Like, the, the dude was like an extraordinarily well-known grizzly bear hunter. So it's not like it's a, it's not like it's a nobody who they can yeah. ignore. It's actually somebody relevant. We, yeah, he they're was like we have very important COVID protocols to. I wish right I now. wish that it could be that, but this was like a decade ago. Yeah, uh, we they, have very important taxes to, exactly. to collect says, from. Here's the here's the hard stars. part for for poor Jesse Jessica Massey. She says to make matters worse, Jessica says that the Canadian Revenue Agency threatened to take and potentially ban her OnlyFans account. Isn't that like the government to just go and take away your revenue stream and then tell you, you owe us more money? I feel like if your career is incest porn, you kind of deserve to go to jail anyway, so. Is that what they do? No, no, it's just, uh, I mean. They, I mean, they're literally selling it as like, we're related. Uh, they, somebody, somebody, somebody I, I just somebody don't know what their content you know? looks like. Like uh, if, they're just, if they're just like modeling and posing, I guess that's different from like. I mean, it's on OnlyFans, so it's yeah. Not, it's I, not... No, I've I have some friends who do who do OnlyFans where there's none, nothing like that. Where it's like they just pose like one girl. Uh, she uh, she um, dresses in like lingerie and Star Wars helmets, <laughs> and like like that's I, I don't even know if she actually posts nude content yeah. on OnlyFans, but she has she has subscribers. Like, which honestly, as as far as like that genre goes. Star Wars helmets and lingerie yeah. is a pretty damn good one. <laughs> uh, well, cosplay in general makes yeah. a lot of money. A lot of those people have transitioned very um, quickly into, yeah. uh, into very lucrative deals. Probably not paying their taxes because superheroes wouldn't pay taxes, would they? Well, what gets me is like, I, I don't know. I've never used OnlyFans, so I don't know what it's like. But I know for, for YouTube, for Patreon, and from what I understand, OnlyFans started out as a Patreon competitor. I, yeah. And that's what they wanted to be when they said they were going to make it safe. I famously, yeah. I famously got a message from a, a recruiter saying, like, we're looking to take our, our platform in another direction. We're going to be posting people doing lots of because I was doing a lot of mental health type content mm -hmm. relating to skating, yeah. exercise, athletic, you know, stuff like that. And I was like, yeah, no, because I had a Patreon at that time. Yeah. Like, no, I'm, I'm not going to. There's do such a that. stigma with it. But like, like I get yeah. a 10, nine, I get a 1099 form every year. Yeah. Like I, I'm told how much money I made from OnlyFans, and then all you gotta do is gotta log into, I don't know what they do up there, but you know, like just, if you know what the, ta what the top tax rate in your country is, just, if you think you're gonna be in it, just set money aside. Yeah. Like, I mean, I'm sorry, but th this is- But she had, she had housing renovations to make. The, like, yeah. but that's the thing is, you know, on, on the one hand, yeah, taxation is theft and we should abolish the IRS. But on the other hand, if the law exists and you have Google, I don't really feel bad for you for forgetting to pay taxes. I do have. Boy, I do have my uh, my growing list of uh, of uh, tax heroes that I'm going to be putting up on the wall. Number one being Wesley Snipes. <laughs> Everyone loves Wesley Snipes. Nicholas Cage. Good. good. I, I love that they sent like a picture that's like. Uh, Chris Tucker. Okay. Chris Tucker and uh, Willie Nelson. Good, really interesting nice. group. Uh, I'm interesting waiting. Group. I I don't get the the whole like having a a hall of fame of like tax evaders in Hollywood because, because tax evasion is a patriotic them, activity, Mary. Exactly. But like literally all of them evade taxes. This yeah, country was founded on tax evasion, and they all paying, hate the country. I am so. paying. Uh, <laughs> I am paying respects to the ones who got caught unjustly. Yeah, exactly. Unjustly. So, yeah. You you only you only get on the hall of fame if you got caught. Yeah. If you I got caught. I'm I sell a shirt. I sell a shirt on unqualifiedapparel.com 
that says in the It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia font, commit tax fraud. <laughs> it is my most popular shirt on that website. Like, everybody loves you. tax fraud. <laughs> there's also there's also one that says there are only 1,714 ATF agents because the implication. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Dude, we need to just, uh, like, I, I'm fine with doing a segment all the time where we talk about, uh, and maybe Shakira will end up on there, but I'm not sure she qualifies because she doesn't owe the American government. That's true. She owes the Spanish government, and I don't really have a beef with them because I'm not. But, a, I mean, you know, America rules the world, so. <laughs> Do you have chorizo with them? Uh, no. Oh, damn. No. Uh, so, so, uh, yes, I am waiting on Ellen Thompson mentioned Martha Stewart. I am waiting on a Martha Stewart picture as well. Uh, she's up there. So there will be a full, a full list of Hollywood tax heroes. I, I really want the Martha Stewart biopic to get made. <laughs> I know. I, I mean, that'll, that, that'll get made. Be Her amazing. prison stint. I'm sure. I'm sure. Where she amazing. like becomes a cult leader in there. She's like teaching them all how to cook and like it's and a it's, it's a and it's a way of like like lulling them into like a trance. It's like you they, stir no, they the get pot. to like get in touch with their their feminine side. All of we've the, got a super chat from Garrett. Uh, how do I say that? Weingartner. Weingartner. Yep. He said, "Awesome to to here here." <laughs> Just wanted to say, sorry, Aiden, your donation goals are going to get blown out of the water after this. Can't wait oh, no. to see the blue hair again. Oh, oh. no, not the blue hair. What is this? I don't want to bring it back. Woo! We, have, uh, we, we typically have a $5,000 donation goal for me to dye my hair blue again. Nice. Here's the thing. Okay. Last last time, it was a, a $1,000 goal at one point. Or it might have been a 500. Uh, back when we didn't ever... Back when we were averaging like 80 viewers a stream. Yeah. Um, so we, we, I was shocked we hit it. Uh, the reason I have to shoot a sexy calendar is Wendigoon paid for it. Ah. Um, so I have to shoot a supernatural <laughs> themed sexy calendar this Bruh. summer. Which the problem is I need to get sexy first. Yeah, uh, well, which is a, a lot of effort when you work 60 hours a week. I thought the um, point was that it's just you're like going into it as just how you how Regular. You look. No, 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 no. I, I, I want, if I'm going to shoot a sexy calendar, it's going to be the sexiest calendar ever shot. Fair. You know? Uh, but my, my point in saying that was uh, that um, we, we had a, a donation goal. People wanted me to dye my hair again. The problem is I had frosted tips for like three months. So... Yeah. Well, Brett here did the same thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, for three, we got 20 crisis parties. Yeah. It's, and that was for 30. To, that was it's 30 now a $5,000. Yeah. It's now a $5,000 one. They have to hit well, 5K if they want that. You said 20, and then we eventually were closer to 30 anyway. Yes. But you, yeah, you bleached your hair, and you had frosted tips for a while. Yeah, I mine was blonde, though, not blue. Did everyone also assume you were bisexual? Uh, Probably. Yeah, that was... No, no, the, the women liked it. Uh, yeah, I, I had like a I had like an appointment like the first day after I dyed mm -hmm. my hair and got like multiple compliments and I thought it was a psyop. I thought Mary called uh, my doctor and was like, "Could you have the nurses there tell him his hair looks good?" I did I'm, it myself. I'm not gonna lie, I, she, like she when it was blue for a hot second, it was kind of cool. It was the three it. months with frosted tips that really started to get to me. Frosted blue tips. Actually, I think it might have been even. When did I do it? I dyed it in I want to say like April 2022. Okay. 2021, 2022. When was it? I actually don't even remember it's at this about point. About a year ago now. Yeah, I I feel like it was probably about a year ago. Um, that was the second time I'd had frosted tips because of my YouTube channel. But those <laughs> ones lasted way longer. You didn't want to just dye it brown again? Uh, that would have been smart. Yeah, I guess you're you're really like fully committing. If you exactly. Commit. You know, at a certain point, you got to commit to the bit. Yeah. 
All right, Bobcat. Let's uh, let's start super chats. We weren't uh, we weren't in super chats, so that was a twenty dollar one oh, we were okay. talking about. Yeah. Let's go to super chats. Bobcat said, "Have you heard there's going to be a new movie set in the Stalker universe?" Yes, I'm trying to make them get Wendigoon on now. <laughs> yeah, uh, Wendigoon is with the permission of the people who made Stalker, uh, or at least with their support. I, I don't know the exact situation. I want to speak on his behalf, but he, it's okay with them. Is what matters. He is making a movie that is okay. set in the Stalker universe. Uh, I saw some of the, the shots from... I was actually going to be an extra in it until he ended up finding a like cosplay group that helped out. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, he's, he, I saw some of the shots. It looks really cool. It's going to be a lot of fun. I, I'm excited <laughs> for it to come out. So yeah, uh, for, for those who didn't know, we'll, yeah, like, definitely check that out. We'll review it when it comes out. There you go. Grin said, be the villain in your own story. I'll do that. <laughs> Podcast long enough to see yeah. yourself become the villain. Yeah. Uh, History Daddy said Aiden is forever based. I heart the Wendy's. Thank you, Ryan. Tacti um, Platty said Big Avocado calls the rift between Masons and Catholics. Big Very Avocado. Possible. Yeah, you know what? Sounds about right. Very possible. Alex Making Beds and Writing Novel on the Side said just finished watching D&D movie. Actually liked it. Yeah. Oh, is okay. it? I, I'm not going to ask if it's good, but is it worth like drinking a bottle of whiskey and watching with some pizza? In that you sneak into the movie theater. I saw other. Yeah. I saw other people in the chat. I think maybe that was the same. Maybe it was also Aiden, uh, Alex. But like I saw other people say they saw it and said it was good. Okay. So yeah, I and mean, men there's were a, not humiliated in the movie. Yeah. I assume. There's there's a place called uh, the movie tavern. I don't know if they have them down here, but they have hmm. a few of them up where I live. And it's basically a movie theater where you go and you sit and they bring you food and Alamo alcohol. Alamo Draft House like, is the equivalent. We had, uh, it was called, um, yeah, those were the best times. The, the pizza, we had one in Minnesota that brought you pizza. Ooh. It just seems distracting. It's, they usually get it out like before the movie gets going. So you got your food there. It's, it's like it's, kind of a faux pas to continue ordering food throughout. A little bit, yeah. <laughs> Jay Murray said, Mary, Mary, quite contrary. How does your garden grow? Original nursery rhyme referenced earlier. I'm yeah. aware. Thank you, Jay Murray. <laughs> Quiet Inari said, Gary Wayne talks about the Nephilim and how pagan gods are most likely fallen angels. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's, I mean, that, that, that's, the, that's the opinion sounds I take legit. with it is that the, if, you, if you read it, it really sounds like God had this group of like chief angels who he appointed to rule over the nations and then... The nations started ruling, like worshiping those gods instead of the high one, which is El Elyon, you know, the almighty Adonai, the, the Christian God, uh, the Christian and Jewish God. So, like, it makes sense to me that, you know, given the other stories we get throughout Judaism, the idea that you would have, for example, there's a passage in Daniel where an angel comes to help Daniel and the angel's like, sorry, it took me so long to get here. I was I was delayed by the prince of Persia. He doesn't mean like, you know, the, the I think it's uh cyrus at the time he doesn't mean cyrus he means the the angel appointed to rule over persia and then he says he was able to get there when the chief prince came down and, and helped him out the chief prince being the archangel michael so it, it it's pretty common in ancient jewish scripture that there are other divine beings but that they are beneath god they are not gods themselves they do not possess the power of creation they're basically his assistants mm -hmm. Steve Ryman said, I form the light and create darkness. I make peace and create evil. I, the Lord, that do all these things. Isaiah 45, 7, Dewey Rhymes translation. Yeah, that was from when we were asking about favorite Bible verses. Ah. Corey Anderson said, tomorrow is the U.S. Navy Chief the Officer's 130th birthday. Shout out to all my chief brothers and sisters. All right. Corn pop. 
it's not corn poop now. I know, but I was I was cool. abbreviating. <laughs> he said, uh, I I don't even know how to say this. What is? It's just gibberish. Okay. I don't I don't know what to say. <laughs> Sorry, corn pop. Boosted Yogi said, "Top G for life." Somebody, okay, here's yeah. a, here's a, somebody earlier said uh, somebody said you guys are um, this is a fair criticism they said you guys are cheering the release of Andrew Tate but you're talking about the degradation of society. I'm not cheering. Yeah. I'm not cheering for the release of Andrew Tate. I'm cheering for the fact that you know they didn't have anything on him and they let him go because that's the right thing to do if you don't have anything on somebody. I still think he's a piece of shit. <laughs> like, yeah, I mean I don't really care I whether he's no opinion about what, what he is because yeah. I have no idea uh, if he's a bad person or not. I can only guess and I just yeah. yeah but if we're judging been. by physiognomy, not a trustworthy person. <laughs> no, no, no. no. Um, but uh, he should not be locked up without due process and just held for no reason. Otherwise, that that too could happen to you. So you have to be careful uh, who you cheer for the downfall. I'm of. like yeah. I'm a cultural relativist in that way. It's like if you don't care about civil liberties in in your country, they're like. None of my business. I, I, I take the, I very much take the moral objectiveness. Like, ob there's objective morality. Some things sure are right, some is, things are wrong, yeah. you know? There but. is. I just think, like, I don't know. I feel like we're a little bit, like, precious about it. But also, like, when we're doing this show, like, if I'm, like, saying, yeah, free edge, like, I'm, a, a lot of times I'm just fucking around. I mean, what, what pisses me off about it is sometimes it's, like, we wrongfully imprison people in our country all the time, but act holier than thou about other yeah. countries doing the same thing. Yeah. But I, I feel like, on the one hand, like, for me, I'm always advocating for criminal justice reform, for bail reform, for all sorts of reforms here. So, yeah, the United States has a problem with the way that we treat the criminal justice system. But that doesn't mean that because, as I'm an American, I can't criticize somebody else. I'm criticizing my government and somebody else's government. That's the way I say it, at least. <laughs> Jay Murray said, "Honest politicians do not exist. Oh, I'm Therefore, gonna, Bigfoot is more elusive. I am going Come to on, end guys. the. Uh, I thought this good, was a community of high intellect. I am going to end the poll here, ladies and gentlemen. The question was, uh, what is more elusive, an honest politician or Bigfoot? The answer, ladies and gentlemen, with 82%, is of course an honest politician. Very hard to find one of those. Those percentages don't add up. So because they're 17% yeah. at all. <laughs> yeah." <laughs> There's, that, that adds up to 99%. Yeah, that's weird. Touchy Subjects said, Can I live in Dilf Dungeon? Great guests. Be East on? Be East on? Beast, maybe means. he meant to say Beast on? Yeah. Uh, also, yes. Uh, I don't think you want to be the one living in the Dilf Dungeon. Like, uh, I think, aren't the girls supposed to be the ones living in the Dilf Dungeon in this one? I mean, my understanding was that the dungeon the was... The dungeon belongs to the Dilf. So it's, uh, so it's, it's Are both... We... They both live there. Okay, I don't like Dilf. I don't like Dilf Dungeon as much anymore. Now it sounds a little bit, a little bit wrong. Yes, uh, he has a separate domicile. <laughs> yeah, the Dilf domicile, the Dilf, the domicile, Dilf Den. The... Dilf Den is uh, is a lot uh, more something that doesn't imply people are in prison. Maybe yes. maybe we could put it out at out at sea and call it the Dilf Dingy. Ah, <laughs> living on an oil rig or something. Okay. I'm, I'm cool with that. Bobcat said Building 7 was demoed because they didn't have the manpower to put that fire out and rescue the people trapped in the main buildings. That's a theory. Where's Leak? It wasn't it a controlled demolition, though? Like, they didn't have time to set up yeah. a controlled demolition. That's a very fast controlled, uh, controlled yeah, like... demolition. <laughs> so. Also, where's Luke when you need him? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Ryan Rubino said, would the bat signal for goth girls still be a bat? Um... I feel like it would, honestly. Uh, are we talking? Probably. Are we talking like rave goth girls? In that case, it's like it's like <laughs> a birth breed? control cycle. Oh god! <laughs> what? It's like a, the birth control cycle thing, like uh -huh. the, where they get the pill out of the. 
the the compact looking thing that the that girls take oh, birth control from. Does it look like the thing that in it comes in a sewing kit that holds pins? Looks like a pictogram. Like looks like the thing where you uh, the circular circular picture viewer. I wouldn't know. Thing. Bryn said, uh, "At Harv, just be the bad guy in his own story." Tbh. Um. Okay. Huh? I don't know what this also, means. Also, I saw a great meme the other day. It says, if Batman was married and it's the bat signal, it says, buy bread on the way home. On the inside of the bat. <laughs> Rhaegar, Trump 2024 Targaryen, said, thankfully, all of chat has above 105 IQ. We have the best brains. You've never seen a brain like this before. We, we have movies the best brains. You've never seen a brain brains. like this before. I'm <laughs> telling you, I promise. I knew it. You know it. Everybody knows it. <laughs> We watch movies and roast them with half our brains tied behind our backs. Uh, I'll take the the lower than 105 uh, IQ. I have I, I have the, the smoothest brain. I My am, brain is so smooth. That is me. It's so smooth it will just roll off. <laughs> it's nice and shiny. Shane H. Wilder said, Mary isn't wrong. Hereditary had me going for my rosary, and I actually like horror films. Hereditary was just wrong on so many levels. Ah. It was, it was pretty rough. <laughs> I mean, it's it's also about like the fact that the the narrative is that evil wins. True. End, you know. Although that's not the worst narrative to have in movies, in my opinion, because the fact of the matter is sometimes evil does win. Like communist I mean, China. I mean, more of a cosmic level. I gotcha. mean, not like human powers, but yeah. in spiritual warfare that evil gotcha. wins. I, I do think that is something that's missing, though, in in a, a big way from a lot of children's media. Is like if you watch children's shows today. The good guys always win. Oh, totally. Every yes. single time. There needs to be more danger and stakes yeah. in stories for children, for sure. That's why I think The Clone Wars was such a good TV show it for was kids. A good show. Oh, like you had dark moments. It was a good show. And at the end of it, evil wins. Mm -hmm. Like it's not really a spoiler. The good, the good guys don't always win. Yeah. Yeah. If you didn't know that the, that yeah. the Empire starts, then I'm sorry, yeah. but. <laughs> Rhaegar, Trump 2024, Targaryen said, Andor isn't gay? What a non-inclusive, <laughs> bigoted show. Very, very bigoted. Kai said, so glad I found you all instead of Steve Shives. This content kept me alive with a shattered spine for 10 years. Homeless half. Thank you. I'm not sure what the Steve Shives thing is about, but I'm, I'm glad. Thank you. And thank you for watching. T-Bone yeah. said, Mary Brett, would you get Pearl on PCC? Uh, that would be a huge get to get somebody of her of her stature. Interesting, for sure. I could ask her, like, so uh, what was up with that Nick Fuentes interview? Who's Pearl? Oh, Liberty Hangout dragged the hell out of me in 2019 for joking on a friend's private, like, Facebook post that somebody should punch Nick Fuentes in the face at CPAC, which... Somebody should punch Nick Fuentes in the face at CPAC. It never don't, happened. Don't do it. Don't do it. But, like, I, I, he, the, the, the Justin Maldos, I think his name, the, the Liberty Hangout dude um, who's married to uh, Kent State Gun Girl. Um, oh, but, yeah, so my buddy posted something about going to CPAC, and I was like, you should punch Nick Fuentes while you're there. He then takes it, screenshots it, doesn't cross out my name or anything, puts me on blast to, like, 50,000 people. Michelle Malkin's mad at me for some reason, like, after I helped her set up an event for Yale, like, two months prior. Uh, it was... In 2019, that makes sense. Yeah. But I, I love uh, hearing like the inside baseball of like you said you were like canceled last year. Like, what's Some, the deal with that? Oh yeah, so there's this lady who goes by the name Momlennial uh, with an underscore. The Momlennial without the underscore is just a normal woman. Don't don't attack her. But uh, the Momlennial with the underscore 
she came after me because she posted she posted a bunch of like pseudo historical things one of them was the alexander the great was a woman and i was like no he wasn't um another was <laughs> uh ancient like neolithic we're talking 10,000 bc fertility statues like this yay big um said they were crossbow sites but the crossbow was not invented until like 500 bc in china not europe i uh, so th there were a couple of things and then somebody like comments and he's like hey did you know that that uh alexander the great's a woman person says rome isn't real and i was like no there's no way it just didn't happen there's absolutely no way somebody is actually <laughs> taking that stance it just didn't happen i go and i look and not only not only is she saying that rome didn't exist she's also disparaging historians and archaeologists who study rome <laughs> and providing no real evidence of her own she's like we don't have any early roman documents so i just i start i, I made a few videos debunking right. some of her points but th those few videos got a lot of views and i was like ooh, maybe I, I i've been stuck at 800k on tiktok for a while maybe this is how i how i bump myself up to that that million you know is, is just doing this it's harmless like it's history it's educational i'm doing a good thing actually she took this she once she found out about this that i was doing these these videos that were just thoroughly debunking every single point she made uh she tried to accuse me of being a white nationalist or a white supremacist, said that uh, I had founded a uh, YAF chapter when I hadn't, um, and that YAF is white supremacist. I don't think it is, uh, but I was never in it, so I don't know. I was president of Young Americans for Liberty. She also brought up that I was vice president and the founder of the Turning Point USA chapter at Penn State. I was then... Turning Point itself removed me from the executive board because I tried to set up a meeting with the NAACP to fight racism on campus. Um, so I got... I got removed from my position for not liking racism, uh, went on to start a Young Americans for Liberty chapter because they gave me all the control I wanted over it, um, and became vice president of college Republicans and pushed that towards uh, being more libertarian as a group. And she took all of this, removed all of the stuff where I was probably the most liberal person in any of these clubs mm -hmm. and tried to make mm -hmm. me seem like I was somehow a white supremacist. And then she tried to make me a sexist. And then it was like, she just kept on, then I was anti-Semitic. And the, <laughs> the thing was every time she'd do it. And this is what I tell everybody who faces cancellation for a BS reason is do not sit there and deny or ignore confront it head-on explain why the person is full of it and then you're gonna you're gonna have your followers who know you who know your content who know what you're doing they're gonna sit there and gonna be like all right not only did you not run away from it but you also explained it you gave us reasoning you didn't tell us you know you didn't tell us that it wasn't worth you like if you actually confront the cancellation it's far less likely to succeed okay uh it's like Shakespeare was a black woman. You might deny it. You might have evidence to the contrary, but is it worth losing your job over it? Yeah. <laughs> Thousand Foot Deep End said, welcome to PCC, Aiden. We'll be checking out the Weird Bible. Thank you. Mary, nice to see you back. Brett, hi. Couldn't leave you out. Uh, thank you. Also, I want to ask, if you wanted to give new viewers one specific episode on Lore Lodge mm. to watch to get them hooked, what would it be? All right. Uh, our video on The Boy in the Box is probably one of the best we've ever done okay um that is that is one of our best videos it solves a 60 some year old crime um i got a call from one of the investigators afterwards basically telling me i was right Whoa. yeah uh and keep in mind we're not a true crime channel yeah this was something that we just happened upon people were like hey do you want to cover this <clears throat> i spent three weeks like buried in books i was working an extra 20 hours a week on top of my normal research schedule um, to get that video done. It's probably one of our best. 
Uh, if not that one, uh, our video on the Gabby Petito story is also oh, okay. is also a really yeah. solid one. And then if you want to get introduced to the more supernatural side of stuff that we talk about, we have a video called uh, Missing 411 and Bigfoot, I think, or the Missing 411 Bigfoot Theory, Missing 411 Bigfoot. So anyway, look that up. That's going to get you into some of the more like conspiratorial kind okay. of stuff. Um, so if that's the side of things that you're interested in, check that one out. If you're interested more in true crime, Boy in the Box or Gabby Petito. Excellent. Kai, on the Lord Watch. Yep. <laughs> Kai said, surgery is done much better, but up to two years recovery. recovery? Wow. Uh, and then he said, Girl Scout, quit bumming chat. Uh, Don't know what's going they're, on there. They're arguing in the chat. Yeah, they're arguing about the lady. As they've been about, known to do. Uh, about the, the screamy lady. From the be literally from the beginning from, of the show. They have been arguing oh, about it the whole her. show. Yeah, they're, they're still arguing about <laughs> okay. that. Okay. You guys have this fun is, with that. This is why that content does so well and why it's so yep. it's so addictive to make that type of content because it incites these types of debates, which just bring it out of people. That and That's why Keemstar has a job. And that and pineapple on pizza, which apparently also brings Keem it out Keem was in the chat the other day while we were really? talking about Creator Clash. Wow. Yep. Yeah. Interesting. Teamwork said, uh, oh, he sent like a sticker. Thank you. Thank you. Thousand Foot Deep End said, speaking of the RCMP, what is that? Royal Canadian yeah, Royal Canadian. Oh, oh, does anyone remember the 90s TV series <laughs> Due South? For years, I wasn't sure if it was real or a figment of my imagination. I never watched it. Is that what that one was? Is that the one with Brendan Fraser? I don't know. I've never idea. seen Due South. I, I don't remember, but I, I know it was a show. I know it was a show. Garrett Weingartner said... Oh, no, I already read that one. It's over 9,000 said my favorite Charlie Kelly illiteracy moment was when he tried to say philanthropist, but instead <laughs> said full on. Our wordist? Yes. <laughs> uh, that's kind of like uh, when, mm. whenever you whenever you say PDF files yeah. and, you, and mm -hmm. you say it so so elegantly without without screwing anything up. Oh. Amazing. <laughs> I saw like this TikToker who is like a therapist that made their username therapist kyle oh yeah whatever, i saw that whatever their name was yeah that was not good <laughs> or like kyle therapist uh yeah it was like kyle the r wordist basically i don't know uh, what therapist out there is named kyle i just made that up <laughs> on the spot but yeah not good it no. really isn't a therapist name no, no it's not i'm kyle talk to me <laughs> about your problem you walk into kyle's like office and there's just holes in the wall <laughs> like, from all the what times is, people no, have dude, punched what it what did you say dude? okay i need to know then what the hell is a therapist name cameron sean susan? i had a therapist named sean when i was a child how about susan i had a therapist named hanine janet okay. janet but that's like a therapist that you need to kick to the curb my uh, when I when I was in DBT, I had to do DBT training after after when I started my recovery, uh, and I had uh, for a couple of years I had uh, you know Doctor Hanine. Right. Honestly, I don't remember my therapist's names. <laughs> it didn't work. Yeah, Gordon Shumway said when I was told Pace. in the army we had two guys show up to duty with blue hair. One guy had to shave his head to be in regs. The other one oh God. tried to hide it with shoe polish. That Oof. didn't go well. Doesn't sound like that would go well. No. With shoe polish. I was very briefly in the National Guard, like four months, um, and I only ever did RSP. I never actually went to basic, but uh, <laughs> this is one of my like favorite stories was um, we we had to go out and do... Uh, we had to, First of all, we had to get a haircut basically before every single time we came in um, because my, our, my hair grows too fast in a month to get over the length. Um, so we had to do that, but also I... <laughs> The morning, the, the Sunday mornings where we'd have to get up and go outside and do PT, my favorite thing about that 
was the differences in men's requirements and women's requirements for infantry <clears throat> because we had I had to do I think 23 push-ups in a minute which is not hard the That's girls had to do though. seven 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 in a minute mm -hmm. I had to do more than that when I was in like PE class when I was yeah. a kid yeah they had to do like seven of those like 17 sit-ups and I, I they had to run a, I think a wow. 10 minute mile or something I was um, just what was the guy's about, mile like uh six. the minimum was like 830 okay I was just thinking about this because I think it was um, not, which is not good by the way in the yeah. context of like being a police officer I always thought it was ridiculous that they don't do physical training throughout their careers they only do it in the academy yeah well, yeah, that they like, don't that have... That should be a continued thing where you're continually expected to reach the same benchmarks. Yeah. Forever. They well, do, I mean, they no, do get the a little criminal, bit lighter as you get older. The, the criminal well, that, industrial yeah. complex yeah. love it because then they just like they just run from some Dudley Do-Right-looking dude who's like 500 Dudley pounds. Dudley Do-Right. That was, that was the show that um, Brendan Fraser was on, Dudley Do-Right. Okay. <laughs> Sounds right. Yeah. Kai said, glad you're well again, Mary. Thank, Thank you. you. All right, guys, before we go, could you please hit the like button on this video? Could you subscribe to this channel? Though here we say gently tap. Gently tap. Gently tap the like button. We're not, we're not rough around here. Gently tap the like button. I'll leave a comment on this video. Share it with your friends. It gets the name for the show out there. Thank you very much for all that. Aiden, my friend. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Let I've had every, a great time. Let everyone know where they can find you. Oh, uh, you can find my uh, content at The Lore Lodge on YouTube, as well as Twitter and Instagram and TikTok, or at The Aiden Mattis on Instagram and TikTok with my Twitter just being Aiden Mattis. So that's A-I-D-A-N-M-A-T-T-I-S. Perfect. Mary, where can they find you? You can send me validation on Instagram at Mary Archived and send me hate on Twitter. That is also Mary Archived. Thanks for watching, guys. And there's one more. Validation. Oh, and Potatoes for Seamus said, hello, guests Mary and Brent. So happy to see y'all. Brent? I'm not happy with the gaslighting, guys. Remember, Brent is not a name. It's just Brett but sneezing when you got named. It's not a thing. Brent is not a name either. Don't let anyone this... tell you anyways. Also, Brett is not right unless it has both T's. One T is is wrong. Is this the PCC version of Hannah and Luke arguing about their names? Basically, yeah, yeah. yeah. They, they, they like to gaslight us here. Brett with two Ts is the only one that should be anywhere near <laughs> any of those. Leave the rest of them alone. Guys, if you want to follow me, you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Brett Dasovic. That's B-R-E-T-T-D-A-S-O-V-I-C. Uh, the show is here Monday through Friday, 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. That is noon Pacific. If you would like to listen to this podcast, we are also on Amazon Music, Apple Podcasts, Pandora, and Spotify. And if you'd like to follow the show on social media, it's on Twitter, at PopCulture underscore show, Facebook and TikTok, at PopCultureCrisis, and on Instagram, at PopCultureCrisisPod. We will be back with another episode on Monday. We'll see you then, guys. Bye. Bye. See you.